1: Wrestling fans and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being back with us here for episode number 168. It is Monday, March 9th, 2020, and we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, and that guy right there is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? How you been there, man? Uh, good. Yeah, good. Ready to romp through um, some old wrestling?
2: Always ready to romp. Yeah, we like romp on this show.
1: That's what we do, folks. And yep. we thank you for romping along with us here. Uh, we have some good topics in store for you, hopefully. We got a banger of a review, which oh we're going to get boy. to later.
2: I'm um, looking forward to that. <laughs> it'll be great.
1: Yeah. Uh, before we get to any of that stuff, folks, why don't you head on over to Twitter. You can follow us there at OVP Podcast, uh, the month of March. It is WrestleMania season, so lots of vintage, retro WrestleMania clips are going up there.
2: All the retro clips. All kinds of clips. I mean, we're practically stepping through WrestleMania, like, match by match. Yes, we are, pretty Twitter, much. Right?
1: All, all sorts of, you know, common clips, good moments, maybe some things that you forgot about, some things that were only on the pay-per-view yeah, version. it's kind
2: of that one time of year where it's like, we do not put the obscure stuff on the twitter it's right. more the like it's wrestlemania let's yeah. get into get some common know, people, memories people all know this get some yeah. common nice things going
1: yeah. on there so that's at OVP Podcast on twitter you can follow us there you can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com that is oh, podcast at gmail.com but really the best place to talk to me and quinn and like hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on Footbook, Quinn.
2: Yes, footbook.foot. It's a great site where you can get odor eaters and wrestling. <laughs> That'd be Facebook, actually. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, Facebook, but Sorry. we call it Footbook.
1: Yes, today we do.
2: But anyway, over there there's a search bar. Okay, um, right. It's on the shoe rack. Right. Uh, on the top of the page there. You okay. can type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing bang boom tubes gore. kafloey you hit the group button and you're in
1: you just join the group join join group now (laughs) join that's join foot group (laughs) join the foot group and now this is what you can do there you can talk about old wrestling Mm -hmm. you can talk about wwf wcw awa i guess uh wild (laughs) west wrestling (laughs) unfortunately any territory you want we have one rule mainly it kind of encompasses everything in terms of behavioral attributes and it is Don't be a dingus yeah, right? when, You don't dingus there Don't we, we don't Don't do it We don't do that <laughs> no. On that book, book just, page Just be nice to yeah. each other Okay uh, But that's what we do there Just have fun Join the group It'll be a really good time You know there's show announcements there You get to take part in the polls For certain things Fun time The Royal Rankings And Flush mm-hmm. Rankings Go on there Quite so, a community It is a community It's a friendly community It's a wacky community It's over Gated on Facebook community. You know, there's community <laughs> Yeah there is a gate Yeah So also If you want some extra OVP content maybe the pay-per-view reviews, or maybe you want to uh, do the 1983 live reviews, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. The reason we do this is to give back to you guys that support us. We're not looking to get rich off of this. It's no Sanford and Son type no, of scheme. Step-toe. Or even steptoe. It's <laughs> a very appropriate <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> but if you want to uh, donate and get your hands on all the extra content that we have, which includes our monthly pay-per-view reviews, It's Facebook.com slash OVP podcast.
3: You mean Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Geez, way to blow the plug.
1: But Quinn, as the season winds to a close here, we're going to talk about something that actually winds or perhaps rewinds. We've been talking about... Be kind. (laughs) Thank you, be kind. We've been talking about this season, folks, things that have influenced wrestling, the influencers, right? And that could be anything. We've talked about wrestlers such as Gorgeous George last week, Mm -hmm. Billy Graham. We've talked about uh, segments like Piper's Pit. We ma- talked matches or weapons like TLC. TLC. We talked about an entire promotion in ECW. Yeah, it's all over the place, all really. All over the place. And this one was your idea, Mr. Quinn. So why don't you introduce it? What are we talking about today? We're talking about videotape. You ever hear of
2: it? <laughs> this concept of videotape. What is videotape? It's it's Well, it's tape that has video on it, <laughs> but it lets you watch the things. After they've already happened. Wow. Yeah, in the comfort of your own home. In your own home. Now, you ought to go to the movie theater for this one. Perhaps you're in your front parlor. Yeah, <laughs> Or in exactly. your room. Your beta player.
0: <laughs> and you want to watch two things that are on at the same time? Well, now you can. Because Sony's revolutionary Betamax deck, which hooks up to any TV set, can actually videotape something off one channel while you're watching another channel.
1: Videotape without going into an entire in-depth history. You can find some good ones of those on the internet. Videotape as a medium actually goes way back further than we would think of the 70s or 80s, but it wasn't VHS or even beta. Mm-hmm. There was the Umatic system and a few other things in the 50s, and the primary use here was to record television programs.
2: Right. Before this, like at the very beginning of television, kind of the gorgeous George days, as we were talking about, I mean, it was just broadcast as like. It's live. You got to do it now. And <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not gonna. There's no way to record it. Right. So if you're not watching, you're never gonna see this right. shit again. Right? Let me
1: do
4: this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry.
1: And then they developed a, a, a kinescope, which was basically you take a movie camera and film a television monitor, and that would, in a sense, preserve things on film. Right. But the quality would suffer because of the frame rate and a lot of differences. So anyway, videotape was invented. Uh, series such as I Love Lucy were put on videotape, mm-hmm. thus they were able to be rerun.
2: Exactly, which is the key component here is watching so, something later. So the first impact on wrestling for this, right? Before this, as we as we mentioned, you know, in the Gorgeous Story, it was just is a live sporting event. You know, yep. we got to watch it again, and that was it. Yep. But now the wrestling, they could record like four episodes at once, put it in the can, and send it out to different syndicates, right? Like, you know, exactly. Like, you know, all these different like television companies, and just they could play it.
1: Yep. So from a professional point of view, what you're doing is you're increasing your distribution capabilities.
2: By using videotape which is a can, big change for wrestling. It had been, right? Yeah, it's huge for wrestling because that they could really, I mean, especially when the show's only like 45 minutes or something, they could record a bunch of episodes at once and yep. they're all set. Just hand them out to your stations and everything, deliver the tapes, they'll play them from the local station. It, bang, also, bang, boom. Yeah, it also opens up their, um like you said, distribution, but it allows like regionally they can send it out anywhere. You can reach you know? a lot of different markets, yeah. right?
4: This is Slick Rick here to tell you how to get the greatest wrestling video ever made.
1: Now let's talk about a consumer level folks. So videotape as we know it started with Beta in 75 and then VHS was 76. But at that time Quinn as you know, they were very expensive at the time in the, in the in the 70s still. Oh yeah, I mean it was
2: really expensive. The market was more about people who recorded stuff off television at the beginning, right? Correct. So believe it or not, a lot of people don't know this, but at the beginning of like VHS, Beta all that shit it was literally designed just to record. So there wasn't like tapes of like movies, as you would know. I me. Mean, there was no like blockbuster video. No, no. You couldn't like just go get the movies from the 70s, for example, like on this.
1: No, what people would do is they would buy the blank cassettes. It's called time shifting, basically, where yeah. you record stuff and you watch it at your own convenience. An early version of on demand. Right. So people would buy their tapes and they would either record their television show, their baseball game or football mm-hmm. game or perhaps an old
2: movie that was being run on right. TV.
0: We're missing the big football Relax. game. My VHS home video recorder is taping it.
2: And what's interesting about this for wrestling is this is how we get some of that really early preservation. This is this is how we're able to watch WWF Championship Wrestling from the 70s yeah. or, or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? Because people recorded it off of television. Exactly. It's very simple. So right? I, I, again, that's another aspect of this whole videotape thing is it, it's, it preserves, not just distribut- distributing stuff, but it allowed to preserve a lot of this content which is you know that's a huge influence as we go forward here in right. the timeline right
1: right so as the 80s dawn right and we get into the 80s these vcr things uh, become much more affordable obviously there was the format wars vhs eventually wins that rather handily and beta phases out little by little out of Thank the
2: perception it's shitty i don't
1: like <laughs> but the first actual commercially distributed videotape was not wwf from my understanding it was a. Uh, presented by none other than pro wrestling illustrated yeah. that's right the magazine you know part of the uh, the after mags. yeah don't call them you're not allowed to or whatever don't call them the Aftermags. sorry bill and Gordon Soli hosted this, right. and this was basically called Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Lords of the Ring, and it was a compilation tape of a lot of
2: 70s footage, your favorite, Quinn, of oh, course. just the <laughs> hottest uh, 70s action of slow wrestling. And- There's Dory Funk. Yeah. You know that? Oh, <laughs> there he God. is there.
0: Senior editor for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Bill Apter. Bill? Thank you very much, Gordon, and hello, wrestling fans.
1: But anyway, WWF soon followed suit because Vince McMahon in his global expansion. Just dominating the world, obviously, yeah. Vince McMahon, is always. Or just
2: North America at that <laughs> yeah,
1: time. North America. yeah. One of the things he did, and rather astutely, was get into the VHS market by partnering with Coliseum Video yeah. and releasing a shit-fuck-ton, maybe even a metric shit-fuck-ton in Canada, mm-hmm. bunch of videotapes starting in
2: 1985. Yeah, so the Coliseum Videos, this is, I think, what a lot of people think of when they think of videotape and wrestling, Correct. right? These were great, because... Honestly, like they had a bunch of fucking weird ass matches that you would never find anywhere else, and I think this really set the tone for like the whole tape trading and like just the the uh, the concept of we gotta find all the the weird ass right. rare matches. Like the, to this day, I mean, people like trying to find all those yeah those rare tapes. The, like, what was that one with the with the guy Tom McGee, McGee and Bret Hart, yeah. right? Like that kind of thing. I don't think it would exist if VHS wasn't a thing or videotape in general.
1: Right. And uh, WWF, to their credit, in some of their earlier series of Coliseum tapes, like the best of the WWF series, maybe we take it for granted now. But let's say when best of the WWF volume one comes out in 1985, they're showing shit sometimes from the 70s that no one had been able to see since then.
4: I'm Vince McMahon, and welcome to the home video series of the World Wrestling Federation. This is Volume One: The Best of the World Wrestling Federation. Wrestling, 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 wrestling,
3: wrestling, 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 wrestling,
2: wrestling, wrestling. I really think that this this is like a big shift in how wrestling fans think. I personally like one aspect of my fandom growing up, and I never really, you know, videotape is just. It just existed when I was a kid, right? Sure, it was like, already a thing. It was we were, already a thing, and yeah. I didn't really think anything of it. But the more, you know, I got into wrestling, the more I realized how important, like how much of a cornerstone videotape is to wrestling fandom. Absolutely, like, it, Quinn. It, 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 it's that, it's that concept of I gotta find all the matches. I wanna right. see all the pay per views. Yep. Um, there's all this stuff to look back on. There, there's all these things maybe I never, ever saw, and I gotta find. And I just think it, it really, dovetails nicely just you know with wrestling fandom they cross or whatever it is and i find videotape to be just such a big influence on the whole scene the fandom and everything i
1: agree with you because let's take you back to the early 80s right if you're a jimmy the fan right and you live in the northeast and maybe you don't really get to see in the nwa stuff or world class or awa this thing came about called tape trading Right. Uh, of which Dave Meltzer, to his credit, it, in the early wrestling observers, he was all about that stuff. Which is a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. Getting fans access to content that they geographically can't see. Exactly. And, and we're talking cross-continents. We're talking Japan stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm not making fun of it. You know, like, people in the yeah. U.S. that have no access to Japanese television that's, can now watch the tapes. That's definitely
2: another another aspect of it, too, because that none of that stuff from Japan or... I don't know. Probably stuff from Europe too. There was there, sure. was, there was all sorts of wrestling all over the place. Well, world of sport. Nobody you know. would ever have seen that had it not been for the advent of
1: videotape. Right. So what is the influence to a sense there is it broadened everyone's uh, palate as far as what they had
2: access to. Yeah, you know it's really funny to think about that. The whole the international aspect because a lot of you see a lot of the, the fans now. They're really they really chomped onto the whole japanese sure. like there there's whole fan bases that that's all they watch now yeah but that would never have happened if people didn't see i don't know fucking giant baba matches on vhs tape from the fucking 70s and 80s <laughs> i like yeah. that you picked giant baba i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> just like, you know what i mean like yes. that's literally like the kind of shit that like was distributed <laughs> and you know what i always loved about the the w- one thing about the japanese tapes and everything yeah i always thought the quality on that was just unfreaking like as a fan I would watch those and I I think it was just the way like the big blue like the light blue how they set up everything it's like it really came through on VHS like it's like oh this looks like a quality like it doesn't look like a piece of shit right you know what I mean it's like like, I can't understand what they're saying but I can still watch the wrestling right
0: exactly now
1: Quinn do you think that uh the videotape and the way they were distributed obviously DVD supplanted that in the early 2000s but do you think that had a strong influence on the WWE network, for example? Yes, one hundred
2: percent. I personally, the WWE network to me was a culmination of many years of because before that, I was I was collecting tapes and DVDs and sure. all this stuff, making you your know, own tapes, the, recording yeah, your own stuff, recording my own stuff and everything. And by the time you know Netflix came out, I felt like personally I was starting to watch less and less physical content. Yeah. And there was always that hole of like, man, I have all these wrestling tapes and like, I just wish like, I could just like go on like a Netflix type thing and just watch this shit and and not have to keep it around. And all my tapes are like degrading. Yeah. That's the other thing playing anymore. That's the other thing. Just like, this sucks, right? Like, (laughs) Right. If I want to convert them, I went through the process at one point of converting them. To, you did. It's not good. It's not fun to do. <laughs> I mean, I think I it was absolutely it. necessary for like a service to exist that just collected this shit and you could just Literally open an app on a thing and just watch it.
1: Right, and uh, I think the WWE themselves obviously recognizes that with all their hidden gems and all yeah. their colosseum stuff yeah, they put de- on the network. Definitely
2: the best reflection of that like tape trading kind of like legacy or history that that feeds into the network is the hidden gem section number uh, first and foremost because I know they discontinue or whatever, but there's still like a lot of shit on there. Oh yeah, but it's in that spirit of. Gotta find this rare match, this thing. I liked actually with even with the Tom tape, for example. Yep. I thought it was clever of them to because it's just one match that's like eight minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, they did a whole special they, they around it, They did like right? a whole like half an hour, 20 minutes before explaining like why the fuck do people <laughs> you, even want this? Like, know, I, it, thought, I, I thought
1: I thought I could have had a good match against him. Vince exactly. told me to have a good match. Was but Conrad
2: it, Thompson in that one or was that I something think, else? They, they, that was like totally community driven. I really like that actually because you they they had the lady that found it. They had Conrad. They had like all these people talking about like why the fuck is this a thing?
1: Chime me up about that, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, Quinn. I also think that, uh, wrestling videotapes in general and this is maybe not necessarily an influence but a really good thing right mm-hmm. how many fans and probably everyone listening practically can say that they love their trip to their local video store to oh my look God. at the box art yep
2: and just the, mm-hmm. how mesmerizing it is to an
1: eight-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old I mean, that's a
2: totally different other aspect of it but it is there is that box art oh. i mean i i think there's probably collectors out there that just it's not that they care about the tape as they much want- as they want the new inbox yep. you know there's probably people who, like want it in- still in the saran wrap or whatever factory that, sealed yeah, sure because sure. that that's a thing in like every single thing like action figures oh, yeah. or like that on card yeah. yeah like the, that's totally a thing with wrestling tapes as well
0: Wrestlefest 92 available july the 23rd and remember if you don't see it at your local video store ask for it
1: how great of a memory is that for so many fans that grew up as wrestling, you know, fans in the late eighties through the nineties, just that, that trip to the video store and well, then the like, oversized call sandboxes. Yeah, and the hard
2: decisions sometimes yeah. while your mom is waiting for you and you're like yeah, trying I, to debate. I could watch Royal Rumble nineteen ninety two this weekend or WrestleMania nine. Exactly. I, I would never pick i would pick nine over that i, but,
1: w- I would pick both yeah. uh but yeah and, and especially when you hadn't seen one before and you're looking at the box art and you're like man you know the, yeah. these are the matches just a great aspect of videotape
2: it think really it, it really was like a memory in my brain yes. of just like man i wonder when i hadn't seen wrestlemania 2 for example and i was like man i wonder how that hulk hogan king kind <laughs> right. like you don't know because it's just you see them on the cover and you're like i don't fucking know yeah. like it's like this is Like, I haven't seen this tape yet, Uh you know? I think that that's, again, not necessarily an influence, but such a
1: fun thing to remember and look back on, you
2: know? It's very, that distinct, like, I don't know, like... The carpeted fucking place, you know what I mean? Smells vaguely of cigarette smoke. It's got the cowboy doors to the porn section, and the wrestling's sort of near that. Yep, you got to. It's, it's not behind the doors. It's always it's like usually under special interest or something. Special like Special interest. Some yeah. of the stores I it's went not, to, were. It's not anywhere near the regular movies. <laughs> no, like they're like, get the shit out yeah, of here. It's like you put your Hulk Hogan crap over here. We do You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it says a lot that people to this day are still collecting
1: actual VHS tapes. Yeah, there's a fondness for it. You yeah. know, and you know, I know that physical media has its limitations like you were talking about the degradation that's
2: yeah to me it's one of those things it really broke my heart actually when i first started to notice it happening i want to say five years ago i started to throw on the same tapes that i you know always threw on and i was always like yeah i got a pretty good copy like it plays pretty well looks good right and then i just like all of a sudden they all just started i don't know once they hit like 20 25 years it just started to feel like um there was an issue. Right,
1: exactly. I just happened to reach for my WrestleMania 9 VHS cassette here. Right. Now listen, as dumb as this sounds... How much more attractive is this than just watching it on a network, even though you know that the quality is better? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But just this box art here with Bret Hart and Yoko and the Mega Maniacs and Jimmy Hart and in the back, which I know this is an audio podcast. I'm well aware of that. Yeah, But just
2: how cool is it to have that physical media in your hand? It's totally there. I'm even this way with like games and stuff like sure. that. It's like I love keep, I keep all my cartridges and all this shit and the like, box art and, and the, the instruction. Box, yeah, when and I it, to me it's like wrestling's version of that. And I, yeah. just, I just think that like v, like people overlook just the simple concept of like what videotape did, what it influenced. I feel like it has this really oddly strong impact on our hobby, like, far-reaching maybe. Far, yeah. Like it's one of the more like it's like the undercurrent kind of influence right well, it's, well, it's like it's all based around this culture of like finding matches and like having sing, everything having everything and like the ephemera if you will of like the the box art that's like the, what that's called but i don't even know what that word means you got me on that yeah, one that, it was that, good. They, they, they use that in video game terms when they're the magazines the video okay, game magazines. yeah
3: ephemera noun paper items such as posters broadsides and tickets that were originally meant to be discarded after use but have since become collectibles by big fucking nerds like you okay i made that part up sorry ogden utah
2: it's the same thing in wrestling though, the wrestling magazine yes. like yeah it's like that's like just another thing right like, that that's part of the the hobby of old wrestling um just wrestling in general
1: i think you said it well quinn i think the overall influence is that it, uh, again an established uh, a medium for which people could consume more wrestling and they weren't limited to what they could see on television it obviously exposed people to different matches they wouldn't have seen and it also gave people the chance to record their own stuff preserve their own stuff and obviously the vibrant tape trading scene I love that videotape happened
2: yeah me too I I I personally think, again, I'm just repeating it, but it really did impact my fandom. Yeah, the like, enjoyment. Yeah, personally for me. Same and I, here. And probably you guys oh, too at Absolutely. Like, yeah. So folks, let us know what you
1: think about wrestling on videotape, what it did for you, some of your favorite memories perhaps, maybe of going to your local store and picking out a tape. Let us know what you think about videotape and wrestling and what it's done for it. Uh, you can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or join the group and uh, talk to us there. But Quinn, when we come back. We are down to only four more in the tank. That's the worst managers of all time. We're going to be pulling two more out. We're going to see where they rank. It is the royal flush of managers, and that is coming up right after this.
4: news about the world wrestling federation now you can get a front row seat to the greatest wwf matches with the hot new video series the wwf collector's edition yours for just 4.95 now just 4.95 brings your first video the best of wrestlemania 60 minutes of non-stop action between the macho man randy savage squaring off against ted dibiase jake the snake and his secret weapon versus andre the giant plus more all for just 4.95 This action-packed video series brings you the biggest superstars in the WWF at their body-slamming best. You'll see the Immortal Hulk Hogan, the Legion of Doom, the Undertaker, the Million Dollar Man, and others. Don't wait. Get in on the action with your first video for just $4.95. Call now to get your first $4.95 WWF Collectors Edition video. Call now. Not available in stores, credit card, orders only. Call now.
1: And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. Episode number 168, March 9th. 2020 hello michael hi hi that was a nice little videotape discussion wasn't it i love me some videotape i could talk about videotape all day yeah so could i folks and guess what if you want to get your hands on the ovp videotape live pay-per-view reviews (laughs) the library yeah the library you can go over to patreon.com slash ovp podcast the reason we do this like we said to give you guys extra content you know if you want to donate to us we greatly appreciate that but in return you're going to get a lot of stuff And some of that stuff includes The $5 tier has all the pay-per-view reviews We started at WrestleMania 1 Like over a year ago Mm -hmm. And coming out uh, within the next like two weeks or so Is going to be SummerSlam 89 We're all the way up to SummerSlam SummerSlam,
2: so super and summery It's very
1: summery You'll get our very long summary of that Uh pay-per-view If you get the $5 tier But also on that, uh, on the $3 tier There is the bi-weekly 1983 live reviews That's where Quinn and I are going through Every single episode of Championship Wrestling we started in January of 82. We're up to April of 83 now. Yeah. But you can either, you can listen along with us. It's an audio form. Or if you want to watch it on video, it's Quinn and I, and the screen is there, and you get to watch it with
2: us. You know, that's also on videotape. That's on so videotape. sent to a See? A, bit, a computer yep. or whatever. That's all it is. It. That's it.
1: And it's a fun time. It's like hanging out with me and Quinn as we watch it. It's casual. It's laid back. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's like hanging out with
2: your friends watching the old tapes. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So
1: that's on the $3 tier. And then the $2 tier is the raw video. Basically, it's the making of every single Monday show, including the one you're listening to right now. You can see the shirts, you yeah, can our see our shirts us mess up and
2: the, <laughs> the, you can see the soundboard not work. And you can see my WrestleMania 9 video cassette. Which showed up in the last segment. Yes, um, it did. You can see a lot of things that you don't get to see with just an audio show. Just an, yeah, that's right. And that's only for
1: $2 a month. So again, if you want to donate, you have a few different options two, three, or five dollars. And that's per month, okay? That's not per week or per day, per month. So if you can if spe- you buy more than one <laughs> cup of coffee a month month then you can afford this <laughs> yes so if you want the extra content we do our very best to make it worth your buck worth every single penny patreon.com slash ovp podcast now michael yes royal
2: flush Just yes, so, royal flush this is the worst manager just horrible people <laughs> uh, just the worst pieces of crap that manage
1: people (laughs) so if you're new to the show folks maybe this is your first episode you haven't caught on to the royal rankings and the royal flush and what that is basically before the season starts we ask you the fans over on footbook to give us a list of your top 10 and bottom 10 of something for this season it was managers and our good friend of the show joe merkel compiled all those votes for us they go into two separate tanks the best and the worst and we alternate each week we pull two names out of the time random drawing by the way It it is random. You can see it on the Patreon uh, raw feed, actually. It is random. There's a buzzer. It's a whole collaborative effort here. It's audited. It's audited. It's supervised. You know, it's uh, it's notarized as well. And anyway, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the official, scientifically proven, tested, organic, non-GMO, USDA certified organic, best and worst managers of all time. So the flush is the worst, and that's what we're doing today. I want to run down the six names on the board for you right now. At number one, the worst manager of all time, Jose Lothario. John. John. Number two, <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> you know, Mike Fireball was saying to me, he's like, Oscar Oscar existed so they could have an O in their initials. Yeah, basically. And that's basically
2: what it is. He seemed very nice, though. Seems like fair. a nice man.
1: Just yeah, low on the totem. Horrible manager. Like, terrible. Number three is Quinn's personal favorite, Paul Ellering. <sighs>
2: I am the pro. Clastinator, what is he? I don't know. He, he sucks. Is what is he? A, he's I'm the no Pyrex. Yeah. Uh, number four, Coach John Tolos didn't ever do anything. I don't know Stink why people it. are so mad. <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Number five, Arnold Skolin. is speaking of not doing anything.
2: Yeah, sitting like, in a chair. Yeah, hanging out while Backlund walks up the stairs. I still can't believe he just doesn't even want to stand up. Like I was surprised. <laughs> that pisses you we off. We watched a championship recently, and he actually was standing, and it was like a shocker. Yeah, usually like he sitting. wasn't sitting. Yep. And number six, rounding
1: out the list right now. I'm a little little bummed out this yeah. guy made it, but I, I understand. Harvey Whippleman.
2: He just he wanted Bertha to love him.
1: He, he did. That's all he wanted. And he brought Sid to us. I mean, well, Sid. It wasn't wasn't the good Sid. No, I know. Yeah. All right, so that's a six on the board. Now, without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush? Ladies
0: and gentlemen, his- promise you one thing, the rangers' edge will have no effect on atom bombs. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. As-salamu alaykum. And I am the populator of destruction. Throw your hands to the air. They're waiting for you to jump here. Oh, thank one minute alone with that genius i'm gonna thrash him john whatever grandma nice
1: it is the royal flush of managers grandma ask this is the worst hey, can we oh. stop it with the I almost We're forgot good. that our toilets oh, never yeah, work. They're right always here. overflown. Yeah. This is the worst managers. For- okay. Well, that one was... Excuse me. <laughs> is there some poo in that one? <laughs> it sounded like a solid going <laughs> on the toilet there. Yeah. Anyway, this is the worst... Okay, enough. This is the worst managers of all time. Like we mentioned, there's six on the board. Quinn,
2: we've been doing this all season now. What, mm-hmm. make- what makes a manager bad, in your um, opinion? They don't do anything. Uh, they're a waste of my time. <laughs> I don't want to see them out there. They're not contributing anything. They don't accomplish anything. Okay. These are all things that I all- attribute to shitty managers. There you go.
1: Very fitting here for the flush, mm-hmm. isn't it? All right. Well, we've run down the names. I'm going to just shortly run them down for you again if you're keeping score at home with your notebook and your pencil. Okay. Yeah. Jose Lothario, Oscar, Paul Ellering, Coach, Arnold Skoland, Harvey Weppelman. Those are the six on the board now. Two more coming out today. The fans are waiting, folks. They're waiting. They're looking down the aisle. That's it. What, what's going to happen? So Coming out of the porta potty right now, let's all find out who drew number seven.
4: Well, I'm going to bring a problem for you, too, pal. It's called
2: Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: Why? Why do uh, we even have to talk about him? I don't know. Oliver Humperdinck, Oliver, folks.
2: Man, now, this guy. Now, This is one of my most hated managers in WF. Now, and he's in more places than just
3: that.
1: So here's the thing with Oliver Humperdinck. I'm going to be honest with you guys, all right? Because I want to be... We are scientists here, and I don't want our licenses revoked. License, I... Lysai,
2: Le- I think is what it is. Okay,
1: I don't want them revoked, so we need to be as completely objective as possible. But this guy's a piece of shit. No,
2: yeah. <laughs> he's uh, horrible.
1: <laughs> he um he is most known to WWF fans as Oliver Humberdink, the goofy looking Koopa like wizard <laughs> manager, <laughs> of Bam or Bam he yeah, got kind of a wand. <laughs> he's got white Reeboks on, purple but pants. To be fair to the man, this is John J. Sutton was his real John name. John J. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he also was a manager way before the wwf uh which would be like florida championship wrestling
0: what in the name of everything you're doing to me you're doing it again what? you have no business to show that piece of film
1: he was also it for jim crockett Promotions. some of the people that he managed would be uh the original hollywood blondes i don't know if anyone's ever heard Wait, of them not stone cold and Pillman. No, not, not them. The original Hollywood Blondes. He managed Greg Valentine. He managed one-man gang. Why would any of these promote? people employ this man? He's, he's horrible. He managed, this is a funny one, he managed Paul Jones, who would go on to be a manager.
2: But uh, a poor one. Manager of a manager. <laughs> so he basically took his guy, career right down the toilet. a real
1: winner, huh? Yeah, he's a winner. He picks all the best ones. So he had a stable in the NWA called the House of Humperdink, which is great what now, house of
2: hopperdick bl-
4: <laughs> and he's coming in is working for the house of hopperdicks now i don't like him
1: yeah. i'm gonna just be honest i don't yeah. think he's very good the reason i don't really care for his heel heel character because we saw it recently
2: on some nwa thing where he is with the one of the Samoans, Samoan savage always, to me he always makes like just random appearances like he it feels like it's like you're watching some shit wait, why is he in Memphis now? Why yeah. is he like here? Why, why is he, he an announcer now? Yeah, like, you're just, oh, yeah, he announces a lot. He's like a presence that's just unwelcome. Was he? like in the- Not in like a good, like, heel way where you're like, oh, he's kind of entertaining. Right. You're just like, why? Like, why is he work here? And one of the things about his character as Oliver Humperdink or the big
1: kahuna or whatever the hell it was, was that he was basically just Lou Albano.
0: Chewing snuff like the cowboys now? How about that, they want book house? You want to get down with me? Well, come on and get down anytime, any place, Hayes. We'll wrestle the way it's meant to be, brother.
1: Now, I'm not going to say that he wasn't entertaining at times as a talker, but again, he just comes off to me as a heel. I'm talking about his his pre WWF stuff as a lower tier version of Lou Albano. Yeah, he's that's like, all it is. He's to like make. slick, but like lower than that. Yeah, uh, and in WWF, which is where you know we really know him from. Came in in '87.
0: Welcome, please, Oliver
4: Humperdinck. Right, good to be with you, Craig. Good to see everybody here today, and it's good to be in the WWF.
1: Not only did he manage Bam Bam Bigelow, like well, first of all, the whole deal was like you know Bam Bam Bigelow is coming in, big free hot, agent, hot prospect, right? Yeah, and just like they did with Savage, all yes. the managers are like, I'm gonna manage him. No, I'm gonna manage him. Right. You know this whole
2: thing. Oliver Humperdinck comes in and manages them, and everyone's like, why? It's the same, it's literally the same thing, because anytime it's questionable who's going to manage them, it's not any one of the main managers. <laughs> yes. Like, Miss Elizabeth, the Macho like, I don't know which one to pick. Oh, Miss Elizabeth, okay. Yeah, the movie star. Never and, heard of her before. <laughs> right. And
1: for Bam Bam Bigelow, as a face, it was Oliver Humperdinck, so now he's a face. So, one of our general
2: recurring themes here, face managers, generally useless. Yes. They're because, mostly useless. You're always like, why do they need a manager right. when, like, you know, like managers to me always denote like, oh, what an asshole! Like he's such a such a big star, he needs a manager. You know, right, that's right. Like, that's like what you're thinking of, right? Yeah, and then the manager themselves interferes in
1: matches and is right. a jerk and stuff like that. A good face manager maybe is Paul Bear. Yeah, but even
2: as a face, he wasn't that good. But he's creepy or whatever. He's it's a little. little cre- it's a little different. Like the Undertaker. Is a weird face because he's like sort of sinister as it he's is. He's not nice. Yeah, he's not like a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. necessarily. He buries people. He does alive.
1: <laughs> but Hupperdink, not only does he manage Bam Bam Bigelow for a bit, there was this forgotten corner of WWF for us because it doesn't really go on to too much pay per view stuff. But he also managed, like, the re-face-turned Paul Orndorff. I'm talking about the Orndorff (sighs) that was kicked out of the Heenan family because Bobby got Rick Rude.
0: I want to introduce to you my new manager, Oliver Comperdez! I feel like Paul Orndorff passed
2: his, like, initial heel run, and then when he's just, like, on this endless switching game, (laughs) like, he's just not as good. So basically, after that cage match with Hogan. Yeah, that's, like, like, literally, like, when he goes back to faith it's like why yeah why are you still here and oliver
1: humperdinck also manages him and there's like
2: a magic wand or something don't they always have like he has magic there's things he has that sparkly coat with the tails it's 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 it's, just all crummy yeah you know what you know what it is especially that runes outfit i always say this but the Reeboks. it's like you have this whole Mm. elaborate outfit right and you're wearing sneakers i know you can't just (laughs) like could you put I don't know nicer shoes on. Right. Like I, that I don't know why it annoys me so much. Some kind of a boot, perhaps. But to me, that's like the Captain Lou influence, right? Because Lou Again, always, yeah. but Lou's a fucking slob and possibly right. a pirate ship captain. We're not sure. <laughs> There's something like slovenly and interesting about that. This guy's like a magician or Merlin. Or, He's Merlin. He's yeah. Wrestling's
1: Merlin, folks.
2: Yeah. Uh, he also then went
1: back to WCW in the biker version known as. Big Daddy Dink, good for him. Manager of the Freebirds. Big Daddy Dink, and was uh, he
2: fucking a midget? <laughs> like, <laughs> I anything Dink. Anything time we say Dink, there's only two things you think of: is the midget from Doink or whatever, yeah, and that- Mister Dink from Doug. Very
1: expensive. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've seen him in this, Quinn, the AWF version of him, where he has like the better <sighs> hair, but he's still shitty. Uh, here's the thing Imagine like, Bob Orton or it's somebody. AWF. AWF. Yeah. AWF. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it had some fun moments. No, it AWF. didn't. Yeah, it did, No. Like,
2: it, what, what about when Lord I Al mean, was dressed like the waiter in uh, Fast li- Times? That's literally it is that weird, like, liter- the Fast Times original high getup. Tony Tony. Uh, Atlas wearing the pants? Yeah. They wear pants elsewhere. <laughs> if it's that's the it's best a, you
1: can say about a promotion is that Tony Atlas wore pants, swishy pants or whatever. <laughs> you, you, know, you have problems. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be that familiar with his, his early stuff. stuff. I, I do am a is not very good. No, and obviously our fans that voted them in, because folks, as a reminder here, we don't vote for the guys. No, we, we only, just we, rank we, them. We rank
2: them. You, you pick them, we rank
1: them. Yeah. You pick them, we stick them somewhere. That's the official moniker. That's right the here. moniker.
2: Yeah. Obviously, enough people think that he sucks. <laughs> oh, I think he sucks. <laughs> <For him. laughs> I, I think he's definitely worthy of this list. I mean, he's not very good. He's Did he definitely he ever, not at the bottom of the flush list. You know, when we get to the ranking the time, good, like, the good to me, that part of it yeah. already denotes that like he's
1: he's horrible. Now, apparently, he won Pro Wrestling Illustrated you know the prestigious uh, awards that they give out he won manager of the year in 84 okay. pro wrestling illustrated <laughs> some of these awards are <laughs> they're a, a little, little yeah they're a little not above board well that's one of the things about the Aftermags.
2: don't call them the Aftermags. sorry bill
1: yeah. uh, is that they were very
2: nwa heavy yeah, they gave well, a- that's because Vince wouldn't let them take pictures at WF. <laughs> yeah, it's real. And like, remember the ones he would get, they were like kind of like dim, like it's, like, <laughs> it's at some it's, fucking house show or yeah, something, and you're snuck just like a camera in. Yeah, and it's usually like a sweaty Big Daddy cool, <laughs> right, like right. not even like in full
1: pose mode. It's real. Yeah, like they would give WWF the awards when they had to. Like Hogan won Wrestler of the Year in '87 because how could you not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> how do you not win it like every year until like I don't know the end of '92 or something? Well, I think Savage won it maybe in '88. But regardless, yeah, I. Agree. Agree, but they would. There would be some times where it's like clearly this NWA bias because you know Vince wouldn't let them take pictures because he wanted to sell his own magazine, Victory Magazine, which <laughs> which he has the right to do. Like Dusty Rhodes won Most Popular the
2: Wrestler of the Year in eighty yeah. seven. You know, it's actually funny. Come on. It's just on an aside with the Bill After mags or whatever. Yeah, um, don't call them that. <laughs> Just on the side though it's kind of funny that they expected to be allowed to take pictures because if you really think about it it's a product it's not exactly a real sport so yeah. i i never understood people getting like mad at Vince for doing that it's like well it's his like thing if like yeah. he's going to make magazines and like why would he let anyone take pictures of his stuff? I know. People get touchy sometimes about stuff like that. It's like, dude, it's not fucking real. It's like each individual league is its own product. It's not sports. It's not like being a photographer for baseball. Didn't WCW eventually do that too? They had their own
1: magazine, but I don't know if they had people freelance or whatever. Yeah, but they did. They had their own mag. It sucked. WCW's magazine is terrible, by the way. And You know who's probably in it at some point? is Big Daddy Dink. I guarantee you. Hang on. Lots of
2: sting, too. Big
1: Daddy Dink, WCW Magazine. Did weed. he win manager of the year on that? <laughs> like, I'm sure he did. I don't know, but here's a picture of Dink.
3: Knock, knock. Who's there? A fucking audio show. Big Daddy Dickweed. He
1: looks horrible. He was horrible, and I don't like him. Do
2: you have anything else to say I'm about him? done with the Dinkster here. Like, You're done with the Dinkster? I-, I prefer regular Dink to Big Daddy Dink.
1: I like Tiger Jackson. Yeah. Tiger Jackson might be a better manager as Dink than Big Daddy Dink was. Watch a uh, some of the more recent championship wrestlings. He's uh, becoming a regular around there. He is. There. He's wrestled a few times on there. All right. Well, that's Oliver Humperdinck, somewhat of an underwhelming candidate here, but I definitely understand why he's in the list. Yeah. He's not good. Nobody
2: ever liked him. <laughs> I don't think so. He's not like a loved manager. No. Like, it's <laughs> just one of those things where you're like, what? Like, Especially his appearance at WrestleMania 4 where you're just like... He looks good like a lord. Just go away. Apparently, he did not want to be a face. Like sax
1: music. And <laughs> that theme's amazing. But apparently, I do know this. Uh, he did not think he was a good face. Yeah. Well, he so isn't. He was right. about you know, at least he wasn't like, I'm a good face. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Whatever he, he wasn't said. wasn't that good of a heel either. <laughs> Anytime we see him, he's just kind of like there. He, like he He's not annoying in the like entertaining kind of way. He's just flat out just like, I don't want to listen to this. He literally is like, please leave yeah. type of thing, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, well, that's Oliver Humperdink. Very fitting candidate here for the Royal Flush. Fake Lou Albano, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. But let's all find out, folks, now. Who drew number eight?
0: Five, four, three, ain't no king and queen no more.
2: Quinn, is there a king and queen no more? There ain't no king queen no more. No, no more. more sapphire yeah sapphire this is uh, this a little is shocking to i'm me not happy
0: about
1: this that
2: she got nominated here huh i don't like this so sapphire a eh, the world's greatest fan i liked
1: sapphire yeah. because okay Juanita Wright is her real name and right. dusty Rhodes fan yeah you
2: basically know what? that's her gimmick i'm a fan that was
1: her gimmick she did this role
2: really well and was she like an actress or something no, like what no. how did she get cast doing
1: this you want to know yeah okay so she actually was a wrestling fan, uh, the St. Louis Wrestling Club. Okay. Okay. She was born in 34. She was a little older when she She was Sapphire. She was like 55 already. Oh, really? Well, she was an older lady. I kind of got that impression, actually. Yeah. No, I know. She seemed like it, right? Yeah. So she was a big wrestling fan. She actually got herself a referee's license. Girl, of monsoon would be happy. Oh, interesting. The first lady down there to uh, to do so. Once she became a wrestler, she was a uh, wrestler under the name Princess Dark Cloud. <laughs> Interesting Where did she name, wrestle? NWA? St. Louis, no, uh, yeah, St. Louis. well, St. Louis, Mushnick yeah, territory. I believe so. And she was also just had like regular jobs and stuff like that. So anyway, they bring her in. I don't know. I guess it was Vince's idea to have a valet, or maybe it was Dusty's idea himself to have this, right? Yeah. And they bring her in, and she's shown in the crowd a real lot. You know that, right? As she's a polka sho- dot shirt, yeah. hat on, v- very big uh, Dusty fan, like. Yeah. And they keep referring to her so you know it's going somewhere. Oh, right.
2: there's a big Dusty Rhodes fan. And every week we see her at every Dusty Rhodes
1: match, yeah. that kind of thing.
4: He was going out trying to intimidate this lady. Just because she's a Dusty Rhodes
1: fan. Including, I think, Survivor Series, right? I, I think, think she's, she's at a pay per view. She's at one yeah. of those, yeah. One of the early ones for her, at least. Yep. So, anyway, Dusty brings her out. This is my man of the. sweet Sapphire, or whatever he says, right?
0: right? What about Sapphire, baby? This Sunday afternoon. It's here. It's time. What are we going to do, mama? Mom it up! no. it no.
1: So, here she is, Sapphire, and her whole gimmick is that she just loves Dusty and she's there to help him.
2: I thought her being like so like sassy and talking shit about Macho King and stuff like that. It's kind of good. Like I thought it was so fitting of Dusty Rhodes because like he has that same kind of sass, you know? Right. Like So it's kind of like it's like his female counterpart, right?
1: It, honestly, and if you look at the the big feud that these two had, which is like all of 90 until SummerSlam. Macho King. Macho
2: King. Bro- brother Love, Macho <laughs> yeah. King, and, and Sensational <laughs> Sherry against Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. You can't help but be entertained by some of this stuff. It is yeah. lunacy. It is ridiculous it's it is stupid like, it is it's over the top one of those things as a kid that i saw on all the tapes and stuff and i'm like i don't get it and then as an adult it became more and more entertaining Yeah, like, it was just one of those things like these matches are crazy like they're when like they all get involved with each other and like I just love the added it like really makes brother love stand out like That's a like, lot more like because he's really kind of like the instigator between the two Yes, he he's
1: stirring the stirring the pot the whole time yeah.
2: right I love macho king <laughs> right. and sister queen
1: and all this and I know you love this Quinn I know you love it Royal Rumble 90 where yes. they do the brother love show and brother love has Sherry out there sister queen and Sherry spends the whole time talking shit about she Sapphire gets, right Sherry
2: gets like the funny part is Sherry gets all dressed up right so that's for the explicit purpose of saying how much of a (laughs) slob sapphire is right
0: who exactly is it do you get your clothes from i want to know so that i don't make the mistake of looking exactly like you
1: and then the whole scene where like Dusty gets involved, and Macho Man gets involved, and then Brother Love like waddles over to try to pull <laughs> Sapphire up, and Tony Schiavone is selling it, like, look at Sapphire! Yeah. Look at Brother Love! Like, it's,
2: it's, it's good. It's a good scene, right? I can't right? wait till we get to that pay-per-view on Couple Patreon, because yeah. that, that's actually like one of my... F- it, it. it's a good scene also like just the just the very beginning of a brotherless is like the introduction to, sister queen yeah. sensational <laughs> sherry yeah, and, like yep. it like just points down the, like all the come on down like you know it's a great time and
1: then yeah. obviously sapphire's biggest thing that she did uh was the wrestlemania 6 mixed tag team match right
2: would WrestleMania, you, yeah, she's on she a WrestleMania. in a match.
1: In a match, uh, and she does like the big booty bump the whole time. That's yeah. like her main offense. There's, there's is just Jesse like, Ventura's like, how does she ever hurt Slim Fast or whatever that, that stuff, stuff is? is. Yeah, that, get
2: that cameraman right. right. Any angle but that one. There's, there's no way they weigh that much. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole fucking five sixty five. I might buy no four sixty five. <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> girls, like, I'm not concerned with the body weight. <laughs> Jesse and Gorilla are like just <laughs> commenting about Sapphire. Jesse's hate for Sapphire in general is amazing. It's it very. Just, to me, all this stuff surrounding Sapphire is actually fairly entertaining. It is. Like, it's, it's like it's like insane.
1: Rhodes taught Sherry
2: first, and it's amazing because Sapphire doesn't say. Sing- Shit.
1: She barely talks. She's right? like, "Ain't
2: hey, no wait. Like a couple lines that you like <laughs> remember because right. she only talked a couple of times. It's a
1: rare case of where like Dusty got his manager over, right? Instead of like the manager, didn't, she didn't get Dusty over. But it was Let's like every honest. single
2: week, Dusty's like, "I love my sweet <laughs> yeah! Sapphire. Like, she's so good. Like, this is the best woman around, you, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. Sweet <laughs> Sapphire. Like, you know, like he like encourage her or whatever. It's good. Yeah, this is the most reverence for a flush person ever." I know, uh,
1: and and she's gonna, she belongs in the flush, I think, or maybe just not anywhere, definitely yeah. not in the ranking. But, exactly. And we'll get to that, but also, Quinn, as you and I well know, what
2: happens in the summer of 1990? So, Ted DiBiase, right, for no fucking reason at all, <laughs> yeah. like, he's not, I don't know what he has to do with this Macho Man feud. Like, he, Nothing. He just barges in, <laughs> he's a dick. like, Sapphire, all of a sudden, she, like... She's gets all like, these presents. She's, she's, like, gets all these presents, and Dusty's, like, a little concerned at first about it, right? A mean coat. You know? Yeah, it's like, he's like, ah, oh, somebody gave her this stuff, uh, I'm so happy for her, like, at the beginning, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. then, like, she starts disappearing. And then, like, then comes, like, SummerSlam, right? and like, I
1: don't know where she is, but I'm
2: gonna look for her! <laughs> yeah, like, all that stuff, right? Yep. So, my favorite part is, right, so, Dusty, this is, this is at, like, the worst time for Dusty, right, because... This whole shit with Macho Man's coming to a head. They're gonna have like a one-on-one finally. match. Like finally, Macho Man, Dusty Rhodes, yep. Sapphire in in the. In Dusty's she's, corner, uh, Sherry yep. and, and so the real like not tag matches or right. anything like that. And earlier in the night, Sherry's supposed to face Sapphire. Right, so they're separated, right? Sherry, so so at the beginning, right? So Sherry comes out dressed like a fucking cat, and like <laughs> for a, no reason. Like, okay, this is what boggles my mind about the first of all her get up. Yeah, is that this is the to tell that Sapphire's not showing up? Sherry's in a dress. It, and yeah. she's in the ring ready to wrestle with the purse on. With, the, with, with this weird mask and her hair. With all, heels. Like, uh, yeah, and she looks insane. And she counts. <gasps> nice, Yeah, so she. I, that whole thing. Right, so Sapphire doesn't come out. Right. And Sherry counts her, and, and Sherry celebrates like she won the fucking world title <laughs> <Yeah>. afterwards. <laughs> and anyway, so that shit ends, and, and you know, they keep going back, and that's when the Duggan thing happens. Yep. It's like, I'll look for her, Dusty, <laughs> or whatever he says.
0: Hey, Axel have you seen Sapphire Baby? No, no,
2: I haven't, Dust, but we're all still looking for her. We get to the match. Dusty's like all fucking upset. He's yep. like, I just, I'm so worried about Sweet Sapphire. Like, I don't know where she is, Gene. Like, and then he's like, I'm going to have to go wrestle Macho Man. Yep. Sorry. And like, he's all distracted. Macho Man beats the absolute ever loving shit out of him. Yep. Like, and it's great yep. because this was gr- a great move because the Macho Man was moving on an Ultimate Warrior. Yes. So he didn't come out of this and he's like, I beat the shit out of Dusty. Dust. I beat Dusty Rhodes like yep. definitively. Like I should be the number one contender in like two minutes. Yeah, in like two
1: minutes. Because right before the match starts, DiBiase appears on the platform. I think it is with <laughs> Virgil and Sapphire
2: in the coat, the gown, <laughs> the all necklace, the, the necklace, the bag of money, the car, yep. and the, the the fucking trip to Hawaii or something. yeah, whatever but, it is. Yeah, right. Like,
0: Here she is, the sweet. Sapphire. oh no <laughs> what? what is going on here
1: just because he can yeah D-B-R-C.
2: and for no fucking reason <laughs> right. like they have no existing feud no. Like, he has decided <laughs> to take it upon himself to pay off sweet sapphire to be like i don't know just like his friend or something. like. Uh, she doesn't even man. She doesn't say anything. She just stands there in all the paraphernalia that D- D.B. got her. Yeah. You're like, showing her coat. A diamond ring! <laughs> like, all this stuff. And they what do they tape, like? They, they tape, like, 60 promos like In one this. day, in obviously. One, they're all in one day because Sapphire's wearing the same thing. D.B. is wearing, like, Virgil's there. Virgil's just, like, standing there doing nothing. <laughs> Sapphire's, like, waving around the gown and the coat and everything. And D.B. is just making fun of Dusty. Right. It's like I hate you, Dusty Rhodes. Right? <laughs> like, no yeah, I don't know why this feud started, but this is like the end of Sapphire. She just like disappears. Yeah. Like D.B. is like, go retire. Or, yeah. Like here's twenty million dollars or something. It's pretty I, much it though. Like, like yeah,
1: once they run out of taped promos she's just never seen again.
0: Imagine the humiliation that Dusty Rhodes must have endured when I bought and paid for his former manager, Sapphire. But she's not yours anymore, Rhodes. She's mine. And look what she's doing for me now. She's ironing the very money I used to humiliate you.
1: So that's Sapphire. And then I guess she was briefly in USWA in like 93. What? Yeah, it's b-
4: briefly. 70. It's going to be Sapphire and Miss Texas going against Burt Prentice and Leslie Ballinger.
0: That's right, that's right. And first, I'd like to thank Mr. Eddie Marler for letting me come here and be a part of the show.
1: Unfortunately, she, she did pass away a long time ago, in 96. I remember that because yeah. there was an article in WWF Magazine. Now, I'm not going to, I am not going to pretend that, like, she was a good manager.
2: No, not at all. everything she was involved in was very entertaining. That's the thing, (laughs) is that I think people have this, like, okay, I think the biggest knock against her is some people wanted, I think, Dusty Rhodes to do a lot more in WWF, right? Oh, yeah. He deserved
1: more! I personally
2: feel that this was a great time for Dusty Rhodes because he was in the mainstream, People knew who he was. It's like the number three or four face in the company. Still. He was feuding with the Macho Man yeah. the whole time, practically. Yeah. He, and, and he got to bring Dustin in, which kind of launched him when he went over to WCW yep. or whatever. He almost
1: never lost, except yeah. to Randy Savage that one time. And then, like his last match at Rumble ninety one. And
2: to be honest with you, some push had to come to shove with that feud. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to win, <laughs> right? And they even gave Dusty like a story going out of the feud, yeah, based off the Sapphire like leaving, thing. right. I agree with you. Uh, and I think that Sapphire made Dusty's run
1: more fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll it be ranking time in a second here, but overall, I like her. She seemed like
2: I, a very nice lady. Very nice. She went along for the ride. She yeah. did what they asked her to do. Right. I mean, they clearly like, weren't. It. She was wrestling. Like, you know, that's the crazy part to me. It's like, that's a lot to ask of somebody who has, like, basically Almost no, experience. no experience. Yeah. yeah. She, you don't ask that from most of the managers, let alone. Right you know and she was like in her mid 50s yeah and she was just like i mean likeable the other thing that i have to hand it to her she really mixed it up with sensational sherry to the point where like there's an infamous one that i love where um (laughs) macho man and sherry come out they attack dusty Rhodes, and sherry just beats the ever-loving shit out of south she puts her in like a camel clutch while she's wearing a dress (laughs) (laughs) that sounds about right and, and just like macho man like yells in her face and sherry's like ah I like it. and it's just one of my favorite like absolute like scenes like in wrestling sounds about right and yeah. she was a sympathetic character
1: so that stuff worked you know yeah. what I mean she was likable it's yeah. like don't beat up this
2: poor lady you know what I mean she's
1: just a big fan she the loves fact Dusty that the that Macho Man would like push her over and yeah. stuff was like kind of like d- holy shit well like, he is a dill hole yeah Savage isn't nice usually that's true he's kind of a jerk he's pretty vicious to Sapphire <laughs> yeah. though I don't know because he lost his mind yeah you guys just gotta realize like <laughs> Savage and Sherry like lost their minds they were, once they like,
2: they were so crazy
1: yeah once they teased teamed up they're like,
2: like normal for like a month they're like, ah! this is like peak crazy yeah. macho man like right in the they look like idiots yeah. like they just oh my god
1: they have black magic sometimes yeah there's things they calm down like as 91 starts and they're yeah, like I'm more saying, normal like,
2: we have to seduce the warrior yeah, like, like, normal people
1: <laughs> but anyway folks that is sweet sapphire uh why don't we run it down now it's ranking time at number one john jose lothario number two oscar three paul ellering Four is the coach. Five is Arnie Skoland. Six is Harvey Whippleman. Where do you think uh, Oliver Humperdinck fits in here, Quinn?
2: Humperdick. He's definitely worse than Harvey Whippleman. You think? Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%. He's just annoying. He's just not a presence that I really want in my wrestling. Like, Bobby's annoying, but I still want to see him all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Did Harvey
1: Whippleman ever win Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Manager of the Year? Stop. (laughs) Don't. Don't act
2: like that elevates him in any way. It doesn't, because this is our scientific rankings. If if, if actor was allowed to take his pictures over at WF, it's (laughs) very possible Harvey in, like, 1995 would have been manager of the year or something.
1: (laughs) He might have been. Him or Cornette. Uh, I don't know. Is he really worse than Harvey? Humperdinck? Yeah. Yes.
2: Why? 100%. You really think so? Yes. Listen, Harvey... He tried that whole birth of thing. Uh, come you on, gotta, you gotta hand it to him, right? Yeah, but Humperdinck as a heel is at least like a. No, well, he sucks. Yeah, he's just especially his WF run where he's just absolutely useless. That's bad. Yeah, I don't at know. At least Whippleman like had a feud with Fink and all this stuff for like, like two years. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't know though that Humperdinck is worse than Arnold Skolin, because at least Humperdinck's like a regular heel hmm. manager. Skolan, this is what this is okay. This you is know where I think like I actually think it could go either way because Sculun. You know, you can say, "Oh, was the champion of the two world? He managed the two world champions." Yeah, but he's useless. Yeah, Eh. right didn't do anything other than memory counted in the Harvard step test recently, but that's like <laughs> one of the most actions I've ever seen Arnold Skolin do. I'm still amazed by it. I like that uh, freaking Dr. Zahorian talked more than any of the wrestlers did yeah. or anyone in that segment. I can't believe that was a whole episode. <laughs> a fucking Harvard stress test. It's real, folks. And then we keep going back to Arnie being like, I don't know if says, doing good, Vinny uh, 4,000 <laughs> steps or something. He's doing good, Vinny. Yeah.
1: But is a Humperdinck really, I don't think he's worse than Scotland. I'm serious. Like, I wow, know you that's don't high like craze. him. He's still like a regular heel manager. He's just not that good of it. Yeah, the problem is, is his big run is this face-nothing wizard man or whatever I don't know is. if it's fair to call that his big run. I think he's more, like, established in the NWA.
2: Yeah, but nobody watched that. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying. Cards and letters, Ogden, Utah. <laughs> no, I just mean like Plenty of it, people watch that. Of, what are you talking no, here's about? the thing. It's during that era of WCW where they're, like, ultra WF
1: Jr. And no, like, I don't mean he's popular. Well, I mean like the 80s. I mean like when he was in Florida and when he was in Crockett and before WF.
2: Yeah, I mean I it, don't mean Big Daddy Dink.
1: <laughs> Big Daddy. Although the
2: fact that he did yeah, a gimmick I, called Big Daddy Dink. I think I'm also thinking Big Kuna
1: and all that crap. Yeah, what was that on some 1990 WCW like w- thing, right? SWAT squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that was crummy. Yeah. That's where he was Ultra Lou
2: Albano. I don't know. Like he just he's He's like shitty Lou Albano. Very derivative. And I feel like at the very least, I can say Arnie's slightly better. Mm, At what? Dink is not worse than the coach. That's for sure. Dink is not worse than the
1: coach. Yeah, no, he won't go above that. That's why it's
2: like, this is to me, this is like where it is. It's either he's above Arnie or he's below Arnie. It's one or the other. In what actual
1: aspect... Is Arnold Scolan better? In all manager certain. of two world champions, manager of the year, nineteen
2: eighty four. Oliver Humberman, <laughs> stop us. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, is that the year. Yeah, eighty four. Uh, Arnie was still managing, wasn't he? Mm, no. Well, I guess
1: yeah. Back when <laughs> left in August of eighty four. Right. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Arnie Overlap. was there until like he died,
2: wasn't he? Well, wasn't he one of the lifetime employment type of guys? Yeah, I think because wasn't he in the Goldust trio or some no, he shit? Wasn't he in I don't the know. Goldust. It was like
1: what's <laughs> and all Arnold that. Arnold Stone's old. Was it, Yes. Was it? Who was the Goldust trio? Now, now you got me thinking. It, it was it, like it, it, Strangler we, Lewis or something was in it. It's real. Oh, Vince Senior, right? No, that's not the Goldust. Or, or, or Jess McMahon or whatever. <laughs> Hang on here. Let me just find out who the hell it is the here.
2: Goldust. I hate that, when they come up. <laughs> I, I, they're horrible. Well, I, didn't it have something to do with, you know, with Tootsmont? J- Jess McMahon and somebody else. It was not Jess and McMahon. Gold, and gold Dust. <laughs>
1: <gasps> Who cares? Just look it up yourself, Dustin folks. Dustin Rhodes, somehow. Uh, Yeah, it was Dustin like, Rhodes. Cody, actually. Infant, infant Dustin Rhodes. Yes. Yeah, Cody, the uh, best wrestler in the world, was in it. Yeah. I don't I can't... I, Arnold is worse than Oliver Humperdink, I cannot... You cannot do this. Come on, Quinn. Uh, as far as what a manager's supposed to do, Humperdink did it more okay, than Arnold I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it to He's you. I mean, crappy. Dink is shit,
2: but... He's, it's i'm a, surprised that you're you're not there with me on i think it's really interchangeable to be honest with you it's well, one I, of those it's like I, i'll live with it whatever yeah exactly well here's the thing if we were only judging it off of oliver, oliver humperdinck's
1: wwf career then he's really terrible but i know that but he that's was also only when people know who the fuck he even
2: is i don't like, know if that's fair there's a lot of southern wrestling fans out there yes but i'm saying you're talking about this guy was in the southern wrestling when yeah. it was like at its like wasn't as popular like in the when, 80s no when i just mean that like his prime when he was like all over the fucking show is like the late 80s early 90s i don't know when i yeah. think i i want to keep i don't him. understand what this 1984 thing you're talking about is florida
1: but, he was in florida yeah
2: but that's not most gordon supley that's not most it's of the country florida <laughs> florida
1: florida's everywhere yeah <laughs> i don't know what do you want to put him above worse than arnie
2: I think he's better than Okay, I'll, I'll give it up. You know what? Just I'll, keep him there. I just don't even want to talk about him anymore. That's fine with He's me. horrible. Sweet Sapphire now. Sweet Sapphire. Now, I like Sweet Sapphire. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I do too, this but... Is, this is hard for me because... Man, it's like... Sh- I don't think she's worse... I don't think she's worse than Dick. No. <laughs> oh, Quinn. Okay, look. She's good! <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Million Dollar
1: Man thing is, like, amazing. The problem, though, with Sapphire... <laughs> Is that she's not that much she didn't do anything except for wrestle a couple of times and say
2: there ain't no king queen Oliver no. More. Humperdinck don't do much anything either. So, you know, I'm big kuna. Right, well, Let's start with
1: Harvey Wolfman.
2: Harvey is better, correct? <laughs> no, don't <laughs> no, be no, making okay, this yeah. thi- No, Harvey's better. Okay. Harvey Harvey <laughs> He's not crazy. Sweet here. Sapphire. She couldn't cut a promo. <laughs> that wasn't the point of her though. Dusty got her over. Like, she literally was supposed <laughs> to be a fan, Joe why she's a bad manager yeah, but she's along for the ride and she provides dusty with inspiration <laughs> it's exactly- doesn't he say that yeah say <laughs> sapphire my inspiration hey, daddy well and
1: look how heartbroken he was when she left
2: listen i gotta say like dusty Rhodes, like single-handedly made sapphire matter and that's uh, why she's a bad manager uh, yeah uh, yeah we but gotta I, be fair here. but he the the fervor like, that, he supported her with, like, <laughs> it was just so strong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. I don't know what it is. It's just like he made me, like, care about Sweet Sapphire.
1: Listen, I totally agree, but we have to be absolutely fair here.
2: <laughs> As fine. a
1: manager, she is not good. She's not good. Okay, so she <laughs> okay, is. Okay, she's
2: worse than Dink. She's uh, worse than Skoland. She, Sorry. She's Okay, Coach is where I draw the line. <laughs> no, the Coach! Coach is nothing! Sapphire is, like, all over the place. Like, she's, like, very active. She got the coat. She got this. She got fought with sensational. She had a match at WrestleMania.
1: But that's not as a manager. Yeah. But Technically. Well, I mean, it was basically well, about her management. Coach Tolos was a very prominent wrestler in the
2: 70s and 60s. Don't. And don't. He even. also had a whistle. He's a coach. If we're just calling him coach, then to me, it's just the WF version. Well, I don't. Yeah, it's I guess that's what people specifically voted in.
1: Coach. But Quinn does not. Coach didn't. Wasn't around long enough to be that bad either. Is the other thing,
2: right? But Sapphire wasn't uh, around that long either. And I feel like during her short time, she contributed a lot more than the coach did. About ten months worth of uh, entertainment. Yeah, but none of it. She was... brought. She was able to effectively lure brother love into a match. Listen, Quinn. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that coliseum video, so that one of them. <laughs> dumbest things i know it's like, great to me that's actually that stands out as one of my favorite coliseum video things because it's just so insane it's good but, i know uh, the, i know
1: the match yeah, yeah where sherry's wrestling in a dress right and brother loves wrestling in his brother love outfit just
2: not the jacket on right the red shirt yeah it's amazing
1: but none of the good stuff that sapphire was involved in was because of her it was savage sherry brother love and dusty i understand that but so she, she was a big part of the angle I don't think we can put her as better than Coach when she wasn't really a manager.
2: Coach. (laughs) I know. He sucks. I know. I know. Coach. Are you serious? You're really going to tell me that (sighs) Coach is better than Sapphire? Like, are you kidding me right now? Can you ask me that one more time so I hear it again? Please ask me again. Are you really telling me that Coach is better than Sweet Sapphire? No, I can't. You're right. Okay, you're right, Quinn. You're right. I, I mean, Paul Ellering's 100% <laughs> worse than her, but like he's such an Oscar and Jose. They're definitely worse than Sweet Sapphire. Sapphire is the best elderly manager on this list. Yeah, I think Sapphire <laughs> just gets a lot of crap because people are like, we want those rows to do good things or whatever. <laughs> what should he have to win the world title? Yeah, it's like... Fuck but, the uh, Ultima Warrior. Yeah,
1: I, I just think that... But come this, on! This angle was fun. Like, <laughs> it was just good. You know what's funny? Dusty was like 45, right? Right.
2: We want him to win the world title. Really? Yeah, he's not in that. That's not what he was there to do. He was there to get some quick money and like not have to work for fucking Jim Hurt. Yes. Like, honestly. Yes. He was like, like, I always consider it like he was on vacation. Right. In fact, Vince offered it to him with that proposition. Yeah. You're on vacation and we're going to pay you for it. You don't, you don't have to book anymore because remember, he was booking until
1: 88. You just go out there. You have right. a good
2: time. You don't have to be the top star. You travel don't, with the boys. Right. Like, and that, it was literally like some time off. Right. Like, and just being involved in some fun shit. Do your promos. Have fun with it. And he did. Yeah. And he he said he liked it. Yes. Like, it was literally like he was offered a paid break. Essentially, like all the stress, he didn't have to
1: have hard matches, he didn't have to work, you know, he just did his dusty shit. He was 45 already, yeah, like
2: enough. He did good. Probably, he partied like crazy too I'm sure with those he did. guys. Like, yeah, because yeah, Dusty's like, I don't have to fucking book or worry about right. anything. Like, carry a company, you're gonna pay me handsomely for it. Yes, right. Yes,
1: please. As if it's so detrimental to the man's career that he spent yeah. a year and a half
2: in WWF wearing polka dots with sapphire. Right. As oh, if that, that undoes everything that ever and happened to me, with him. Um, so this is the this is, is the break. just on an aside. This is the beauty of Dusty. Yeah. That polka dot shit is the best thing you could hand to Dusty, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Because he's a master. Putting absolutely anything yep. over, it and could be did. like a bag of dog poo. An ultimate warrior, Thucker. Yeah, he could he could get it over. Yes, that, to me, that's what you who you who can handle something like right. That. And Sapphire and Sapphire, he got
1: her over. We have to reemphasize right. yeah. this. He got, he got Sapphire over. Right, she didn't do shit for him except maybe add to his uh his whole. What did you say, Teflon or whatever before about the videotapes? Eflon, um, tha- ephemera.
2: Yeah, ephemera. Yeah. He's a real ephemera. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna Sapphire's good. I'm Don't, fine with it. She's better than Coach. <laughs> she's one hundred percent better than Coach. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm fine. Right we're, in the middle. We're doing it. Even Steven That's sapphire it. at number five. We're
1: locking him in, Quinn? Yeah. I'm fine with it. You know what? Thank you for standing up for sweet sapphire. She's good I liked her I like her too Folks our list is complete For this week There will be two more In two weeks But for right now Why don't we all run down The updated royal flush For this week At number one Is still Jose Lothario Number two is Oscar Three is Paul Ellering Coach is number four Sweet Sapphire Not too bad At number five yeah, It's Pretty okay. good ranking For Sapphire Pretty good Arnold Skullin Shifting down To number six Oliver Humperdink At number seven And Harvey Whippleman At number eight Because he's actually Pretty good that is our updated Royal Flush, folks. Be sure to let us know what you think. You can do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But, Quim, when we come back, let's go down to Texas. Howdy, partner.
2: It yeah, is let do it,
1: unfortunately. For the Wild West. That's right. Wild West Wrestling is coming up right after this.
4: From the pages of the World Wrestling Federation Official Merchandise Catalog, here's Dusty
0: Rhodes. This is Dusty Rose, and you know what? I got my hand full in the World Wrestling Federation. And full of what? Come in here, darling. We're going to show them some stuff. I got the official WWF merchandising catalog stuff right here. You can order it out of that catalog. I'm going to tell you in a minute how to get it. Look at here. We got a WWF hat right here. Look how fine that looks on Dusty Rose's magazine. What else we got? Woo, Sapphire. Come on in here, baby. We got an Ultimate Warrior Suck Cup. And you can take this cup, put milk in it, juicy, whatever you want to do. What else we got? Oh, look at here. Oh, a belt. you can be a champion. Everybody can be a champion. Just like all the great stars in the World Wrestling Federation. And what else, darling, right here? Oh, show that. That's my favorite. Hold that up there. Dusty Rose official t-shirt. Throw that up there at the camera. Oh, is that pretty? And let me tell you, merchandise catalog, genuine. The only place you can get it right to this address right now.
4: For your free catalog, write to the World Wrestling Federation Merchandise Department, P.O. Box 3866, Stamford, Connecticut,
0: 06904. Whoa, the WWF official merchandise catalog, brother, got all kind of stuff in it. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the stuff dreams are made of. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best.
1: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 168. Quick word, you might have noticed we did not have our usual podcast plugs bumper right before this. Well, there's a reason
2: for that, right? There's a
1: reason for that. Before we went to press last week, uh, the announcement came down from on high that our friends, the wrestling podcast about nothing... Have ended their show at episode 200. So we just wanted to salute them. Yeah, Mike Crockett, Brian Malone, Brian Fury, who we've never met, but these guys have done this show for uh, almost four years. Crockett and Malonis yes, did. Yes, they have. And uh, pioneers, if you will, in the indie scene. Admirable job covering uh, some retro stuff, some indie stuff, some current stuff. Uh, obviously, Brian Malonis, one half of the uh, the Bouncers with mm-hmm. the Beer City Bruiser, and Wine Mike City Whaler himself. Yes. this is the last time I can yep. say that. And Mike Crockett, uh, a referee that uh, is retired, essentially the you know.
2: most retired. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: but they have done a great job for uh, the last you know three and a half years or so, whatever it's been. But that leaves now Quinn a vacuum for uh, our third plug. So I say the New Day podcast.
2: Yeah, um New Day. Go listen to that. Go get the New Day show. It's really um they're really an up and coming yeah, uh show. They need the help. They need so much help right now. Support. And if you guys can just go listen to um Xavier Woods, yeah, uh, Kofi. Kofi Kingston, and uh, Big, Big Edward. Big Edward. I think that's his name, right? Yeah, that's his name. They're, they're real struggling out there. And yeah. They, they need a couple bucks. Yeah, they don't
1: have any distribution or anything
2: like that. No yeah. name value. And so and we just want to help them. They're going to need uh, a lot of help. So go over there. Listen yep. to that show. It's good, yep. uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and listen to it. Yep.
1: And uh, again, thank you, Crockett and Malonis, uh, for all you've done. A very good show that you guys had. And we wish you both, and you, Brian Fury, who we've never met, the best of luck, yeah. honestly, in whatever Ser- you guys are going to do.
2: you guys are great. You're yep. great to work with, and we just yep. wanted to uh, say uh, so long, yep. farewell. Yep. Alviter saying good night. Okay. Uh, also, check
1: out Booking the Territory with Mike Mills and his crew. That's Southern Wrestling, as you well know by now. That's our Southern Fried brethren. Southern Fried. Southern Fried. And check out uh, Peter Winston's Greetings from Allentown. That's a one-man show where he just goes on and on and on as he reviews an episode of Classic Wrestling. I can't describe, it. just listen to it. You got to try it out. Just try it out. So those are our friends of the show. Now, Michael, we're reviewing something. Here's a not friend of the show, Wild West Wrestling. Okay. Here. Wild West Wrestling. First off, what
2: the ass is this? Like, <laughs> okay. I am serious. Okay. Like,
1: What the hell? Let me explain what this is. Now, I'm going to be frank with you. Okay, Frank. Thank you. I had never heard of this until I stumbled upon it on YouTube. So, this is my fault. This one's
2: my fault. Thanks. Although, you you agreed. Well, because, <laughs> okay, simply it had a picture of like Bo Bradley. And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe this could be good, you know?
1: So, Wild, Res- Wild West Wrestling. What a horrible name. Again. Yeah. It's like hard to say. I know. WWW. This is from August 22nd, 87. And apparently it only really existed in 1987. So you've heard of world-class championship wrestling? I've course? heard of it. Yeah, um, sure. The Fritz. The, the Fritz. Mr. Von Eriks. The thing is, is, world-class was on the Fritz at this point. Very Fritzy. Yes. And uh, obviously he had had some tragedies. We all know about the Von Erick family. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, you know, Mike Von Erick as well. So, uh, around this time, Ken Mantel, no relation to Dutch, mm-hmm, Ken Mantel, who mm-hmm. had been the booker for World Class when it was actually good, you know, like the early 80s. Yeah, the actual good yeah. one. 82 he, or whatever. Yeah, 82, right? yeah 80, 82 to 85, he was the booker. He decided, for lack of a better term, to form an Outlaw Mud Show promotion to be a direct rival of World Class, and that would be Wild West Wrestling. <sighs> This seems right off the bat like a horrible yeah. idea. Yeah. So, Ken Mantell had had some ties with uh, Bill Watts, UWF. Not Herb Abrams, UWF, Gino. Yeah, Bill the, Watts, so UWF. Yeah,
2: there's a UWF connection with
1: the rest here <laughs> yeah, then we'll in the see show. That. You'll see. Yeah. Right. And uh, then, at some point, he got some of the world-class roster and some other people from world-class, which we're going to see, to form Wild West Wrestling down in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay? So, this promotion... Had about thirty episodes a weekly TV, which is thirty you know, episodes. Yeah, about Jesus, six like, months worth. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and then World Class was sold off by Fritz to uh, Kevin von Eric, Carrie von Eric, and. Ken Mantel. Aha! This guy. So, so They, they merge. They merge Wild West back into World Class and then World Class goes on from there. Eventually goes out of business around 1990. So what we have here is a, uh, this is a collector's item, Quinn, because there are only 30 or so of these things. Mm-hmm. This is a collector's, a collector's item. Collector's cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're getting into it, folks, but before we do, this sucked.
2: Yeah, this, it's, <laughs> all, it's also a horrible name for a company. Yeah, um, Everything about it is horrible. I hate it. Don't watch it. I hate it a lot. Yeah, don't... It's on YouTube. Don't. Just don't watch it. I mean, this... Just full disclosure, like, this was one of the worst things in a long time we watched. It was bad. So, we gotta get into it, right? We're
1: gonna tell you all about why. So, this is Wild West Wrestling TV, August the 22nd, 1987, and we open... With the Wild West wrestling logo, it's being branded, like, into wood or something. Mm-hmm. And then we see a view of the uh, South Fork Ranch.
2: And I must admit, you know, considering, like, the hastiness and, like, whatever this was the put slip together. The nature of it. Yeah. This graphic was high quality. Like, <laughs> what? did they know someone? tell Like, I, like it looked like it was, like, professionally made.
1: Yeah. It's actually a very impressive package. Just you know? the, But just that. The, logo, the rest yeah. of
2: it is horrible. Well, yeah. We see some house a uh, uh, rodeo. Yeah. A water tower. (laughs) It's like an episode of Dallas. Like, they literally just got the sights and sounds of (laughs) Dallas.
1: And the music's like peppy and adventurous, but like a UPN syndicated show or
2: something. You know what I mean? Lucy Lawless (laughs) is going to show up and like not, not Xena. Just like, you know, something else like. (laughs) Her like other show after Xena. Queen of Rain. Like uh, queen you, of Rain. Yeah, just, you know, you know how she's like in stuff and you're yeah. like, why? Why is Lucy Lawson in it's And she's always in the most cheesy
1: things. Well, yes, of course. Yeah.
2: Uh, so we are here in Billy Bob's, Texas in Fort Worth. Are they kidding? <laughs> They're really leaning into the Texas ass. Billy Bob's? <laughs> yeah, you want to know what that is? So what? Okay, can you explain this to me? So Billy Bob's mm-hmm. is actually a
1: rather large, famous, I guess for the Texans anyway, nightclub where they also have held rodeos and concerts garth brooks played there it's, oh garth brooks it's featured in the sylvester stallone classic over the top oh that's where they, 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 they arm do some stuff there, there. Oh, yeah okay. uh but apparently it also hosted some wrestling so it's actually a rather famous place if you're in that area which clearly quinn and i are not i don't plan Barter. on going there anytime
4: soon
2: <laughs> okay well i shouldn't say that you no, never, you you never, never know. know when you're gonna end up in texas right that's right howdy you know who welcomes us Bill Mercer, Quinn.
4: Welcome to Wild West Wrestling, coming to you from Billy Bob's, Texas, in the historic Stockyard section of the north side of Fort Worth, Texas.
2: Okay, this is weird to me also, because doesn't he work for the WCC? Isn't he a big stalwart there?
1: Apparently, uh, Ken Mantell grabbed him for this. Now, but I know you like Mercer, right? I do. I like him too. Just not in this. <laughs> like he's horrible. In now, this. Bill Mercer yeah. Bill Mercer in world class has this very like friendly, folksy voice, like Hello fans. Yeah, so this you know. very uh very welcoming, you know. We have that famous clip of him, you know. Ah, ah the Cotton, the cotton
4: bowl. bowl. Ah, the Cotton Bowl spectacular. It's just great. like a
1: nice, warm voice and everything. yep friendly. You know, maybe not a great announcer, but friendly. And anyway, he's got like the Texas tie on and everything, mm-hmm. and he he runs down our main event, which I don't even want to describe right now. I we'll don't want it. I don't want to discuss that main. Yeah, event. we'll we'll just get to it later. So we go to the ring for our first match, where everyone is already in the ring ring announcer is all dorky yeah.
2: it's, you know that's usually right. the sign of like a crap promotion it's like when it's like some kid and you're yeah. just like who what the who fuck? is this guy like, oh, the next match is scheduled for one fall yeah. and, like you're just like oh
1: god hi ladies like, and gentlemen You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounded like ned flanders or something
0: ladies and gentlemen the following bout is scheduled for one fall.
2: Sounds like the guy from like that Sonic Youth album where they're like they're like uh, the Sacconi Youth, the one where he's saying, "Hi, my pants are tight" or whatever. Like it's like that. So for
1: uh, our first wrestler here, it is Jim Ward. Who I don't know. You know who he? He looks like Lanny Poffo von Eric. Okay, I don't know how else to describe him. A lot of Lanny
2: Poffo von Eric's around here.
1: His opponent. Bob, the
2: cat, Bradley. Wait, Bo Bradley's a cat man now? It's like before Battle Cat, yes. this is like the in between phase. It's so strange. And don't forget,
1: he's the second Battle Cat, but he yeah. was preparing his feline abilities yeah, well his, before. Like, honing
2: his felineness. And
1: of course, as always, he thinks he's so good. Oh, he always thinks
2: he's so good. Quinn and I
1: actually, like, we have a love hate relationship yes. with him because he's so crap in eighty-two, eighty-three. 83.
2: But he loves what he, he does. He thinks he's good. He yeah. thinks he's the best. He's like, always posing. He's, like, the only jobber that's, like, very, like, Boisterous. boisterous. Like, he's, like, he's, like, the next step Past uh, Cologne, yeah. Past Tony Cologne. Past Tony Cologne. <laughs> Matt like, Rivera. Yeah, those so, guys can't get like bows Kind of like in this next level.
1: Yeah, and Quinn always calls him Bo for the record. What do you mean? That's his name. <laughs> and he's wearing tonight a uh, leopard print tights with a matching bandana. He's Very nice first right cat
2: days or whatever. <laughs> See, there you go.
1: Our referee will be Tom Jones. Uh, and what is unusual is that he's wearing a red and blue
2: like sweatsuit as his ref attire. What? He's like a rodeo clown. <laughs> like his attire is more flashy than the wrestlers, and it's distracting. It's like the fucking like one pant leg is blue, the other's red. He's, He's got, got, got a, a UWF U- shirt, blue UWF shirt on. He's got stars along the side of his. Pa- it's uh, horrible.
1: And there's like in this arena at uh, this Billy Bob's uh, nightclub. There's like a big neon sign. It feels like we're in the damn Cambridge Inn or yeah, something, something like that. Uh, we get a bell circle to start. As Mercer's mic, by the way, is way too low, which always irritates me. Lock up. T- Welcome, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take down into a roll up by Bradley for a zero count. But I swear Mercer just said Bo Bradley and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Let's see if we can find that. Yeah. <laughs> Fireman's carried now by Bradley Armbar because 80s. Uh, the ring is loud and wood sounding. Can I just say get used to the Armbar on this yeah. show? Yeah. Armbar
2: fucking city on this I show. <laughs> Like, everything is arm bar.
1: Yeah, maybe they should rename it to Billy Bob's arm bar. Thank you. <laughs> Horrible. By the way, is Mercer broadcasting from behind, like, a concrete wall or something? That's <laughs> so frustrating. Was there not an audio guy to be like, you know what, his mic's a little too low. Like,
2: well, just fix C- it! Can I just hand him the volume button? <laughs> yeah. He's got a fucking headset on. He can hear what it sounds God. like.
1: Both men up, circle, lock up, and roll up by Ward or whoever it is for a zero. lock takedown now by Bradley. He rides Ward on the mat, works a reverse toehold. Man, Bo is, like, dominating
2: which, which is odd. Yeah, he's like
1: not the jobber here, yeah, right? He's clearly not the <laughs> it's jobber here. Cover gets one body slam by Ward. And I got to say, at least Mercer is pleasant, even though he's announcing from like another county. Crummy clothesline lined by Bradley's, followed by a nice photo float over supply for two An exciting chinlock. Now is Mercer hypes up some Labor Day show at Billy
2: Bob's. He says Labor Day sale. He uh, does. Like, oh, the Labor Day sale. <laughs> There's also going to be wrestling, too. And it's like, what? <laughs> what are you and, talking? And this Labor Day shit comes up a lot during oh, yeah. the show. It's a recurring thing. Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. That's all we're fucking talking about is Labor Day. It's real. Don't uh, wear white after Labor Day or yeah, whatever better get your light on now yeah. falling headbutt but by bradley back to the chin lock here okay get on with it like, I, it was fun at the beginning and now i'm already like tired of this match
1: <laughs> ward gets to his feet to escape followed by a knee left bradley with a beautiful reverse fireman's carry slam and then a crappy superfly splash for a botched three count i don't know what that was yes was that and then a regular three count yeah <laughs> i don't know it was weird but you're a winner bob bradley oh Bo bradley yes yep, this um this happened we go to break now we come it's back amazing he won right yeah i'm very happy for well, him. he won that last thing we saw too yeah in the last 83 we watched he won yeah uh so we come back from break now our next match is already in the ring first up we have jim richardson who looks like the million dollar man
4: bob vila bob vila tells homeowners how to get out from under credit card debt i'm bob vila and these are offers to get credit cards it's pretty easy to get them not so easy to get out from under the bill
1: his his (laughs) (laughs) opponent sorry his opponent is Ricky Gonzalez (laughs) who uh (laughs) <laughs> it was like mac rivera but like more of a job or somehow quinn i don't know how to describe it but I, it's bad yeah, I,
2: it's just like a guy named jim faces a guy named rick yeah like pretty what, much like, what the hell so
1: uh anyway tom jones is again our ref here both guys look like they work at billy bobs
2: <laughs> i don't know what it is about this show but it feels like nothing matters even more than usual yeah like, like there's no we've, stakes, seen so right? ma- we've seen so many shows where nothing matters this one takes the cake like right. it's like Especially like uninspired, right? Where the only steaks are the ones that they're serving
1: out of the kitchen. Yeah, you basically. know what I'm saying there. Uh, Lockup Gonzalez avoids a few things. Lands a drop kick here. Back up. Lock up again. Shove off by Richardson. Hammers Ricky down. Lands some things. Irish whip. Nice clothesline by Richardson for two. By the way, Jim versus Rick.
2: <laughs> thrilling. I feel like two guys at your job are having a wrestling match. This isn't even like anything. What is this? He's like, yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right about this million dollar man, Bob. He looks <laughs> like. <laughs> thing. like, thing? like uh, I keep thinking about it now, and it's like, I'm Bob Vila. Yeah, he, he is Bob. But Vila. he has Ted DiBiase's hair or yeah, something. I can't a describe. Little more puffy, it. but yeah. yeah.
1: More plotting offense here by Richardson, including a leg drop for two. Mercer Quinn still going on about the
2: Labor Day special. Does he talk about the actual match ever? No. Uh, Why by- is he so horrible here? He's usually great. <laughs> I know. I like him. What is this?
1: <laughs> Labor Day, folks. Uh, it'll be a great time.
2: I was telling you in our first bout about
4: the Labor Day make special at Billy Bob's, Texas
1: ah the labor day sales you can get half off on the appetizers rick is doing a c-flex now <laughs> yeah body slam by ricky gets one gonzalez now works the arm again for a bit here as the ring announcer just butts in to say five minutes have gone it's been like two minutes <laughs> i'm like fucking fucking falling asleep talking about this <laughs> arm 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 Corner whipped by Ricky, but he eats Boot on a charge and Richardson with a standard dumpy, like regular elbow drop for the win. That was a real shit sandwich Horrible. there. Absolutely horrendous. Terrible. Uh, we're back again with a ladies' match, rather surprisingly. We have Pepper LaBianco. Yes. Uh, you know who she was now? Dawn Marie. She looks no, like no, her. no, no. She's not Dawn Marie. <laughs> First of all, guess who trained her? Um, who trained every woman... Fit Finley. Yeah, no. Not. <laughs> who trained every woman's wrestler and like owned them or whatever she did? Oh, I'm, like, the fabulous yes. one, yes. But she was apparently, and I didn't know this, a uh, tag team partner earlier than this of Leilani Kai. A uh, Lanny Kai's partner? Who, who we have a newfound respect for after witnessing that great team of the, the glamour, the glamour girls, girls like
2: yeah lanny kai was great in that and so was judy yeah judy i, I can't believe <laughs> the, the i've become house. like a, a judy martin fanboy well, over that, here. well that's why we watch <laughs> old wrestling
1: because you get new perspective on old wrestling
2: I, you we, know i wish we had a glamour girls poster with jimmy hart and like nate paro yeah, put it in the studio here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, she's going to be f-
1: facing... What a name. Susan Green, who literally has hair like 1982 Barry Windham. It's a handsome woman. It really is. Tom Jones is again the referee. Whoa, Black Betty. So I'm assuming he's the only ref they have because it's just him three times it's in a only, row.
2: You would assume so, yeah. yes. This match should be good, not.
1: Uh, lock up waistlock by Pepper. Like you said, she does look like Dawn she Marie. Looks a lot like Dawn Marie. <laughs> it's, it's like not, disturbing. It's clearly not yeah. her though. Uh, standing armbar now, but Susan of, Susan of what's Susan? What are the names on this? Rick,
2: Jim, Susan. It like, sounds like an office party. Yeah, He's so average.
1: Uh, both ladies up now. Lock up a Greco-Roman, but a boot pipe. Pepper and some stomps, very spicy, <laughs> very spicy with by the pepper.
2: Susan Green, <laughs> like, what is this fucking? All my children, like Janet Green or something, like yeah, Robin like evil Green, twin or you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about,
1: again, know, Robin yeah, Green. Armbar <laughs> 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 again. Now I wonder what kind of food they have at Billy Bob's Queen. We might have to look into that maybe a little bit yeah, later.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I do want to know. It might be know. spicy. Yeah, also, we might have
1: to look a little bit later. Uh, forums by Pepper and some rope choking. A uh, big right by Susan. <laughs> Susan, snap, <laughs> 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 Susan St. James. Yeah. snap Mary into a chinlock. Pepper gets up, but Susan with some punches in a clothesline. Monkey flip by Susan. By the way, nobody cares at no all. No one N- cares. Not
2: one person. They're like literally, I don't know, messing around with their forks and knives. <laughs> yes, like, it's, eaten.
1: it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five minutes are gone. I can't believe that to be true. Irish whip by Pepper. Crappy drop kick. And then Susan gets up with an even worse drop kick. Then they double drop kick each other hideously. Both ladies up. Pepper with a wrist lock into an armbar. Good lord.
2: Is this anything? <laughs> what is this? what the fuck is this match
1: nothing crummy roll up by Susan gets two Susan charges a pepper who
2: backdrops her over the ropes for the DQ (sighs) what the fuck is this shit I hate this why is that rule in 1987 (laughs) why does it even extend to the 90s like what is this shit doesn't it extend to like the NWO era of WCW they have to get rid of it because the cruiserweights show up and then they're they're, like like, enough finally like WCW like last they're like the last holdouts of this rule (laughs) And they're just like, enough of this. (laughs) like Enough. I can't even believe it went on this long.
1: (laughs) You're a winner by DQ, Susan Green. This was
2: complete horribleness. What a total waste. These matches are hideous and uninspired. Yeah, Nothing on this matters.
1: Really bad. Uh, We go to break. Hi, we're back. It's main event time already. Wait,
2: we're like less than halfway through (laughs) this. I'm not kidding. Like 18 minutes in. It's (laughs) hard. This is only like, how many minutes was this? Like Like 45 minutes or something? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. we're like less than half. Oh, boy.
1: So, God, it's the team of... Jack Victory, Hollywood huh. John Tatum, and the Grim Reaper, and they make their way out to White Snake's
2: awesome Still of the Night, 1987 hit single there. Now uh, that would be good, but then the next guys come out to like almost like mirror music <laughs> yeah. like to send more hair metal I'll or something. to that, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: now, in John Tatum, I, for lack of a better way to describe him, he's like Nature Boy Adonis Austin idol buddy rogue Joaj Flair. Yeah, you know, he's gonna have just to a million
2: different like with
1: the robe. The robe the blonde, gone, blonde hair. The blonde hair guy with the robe thing. That's all that is. It's so uh, gimmicky. The Grim Reaper, who I'd never seen and never heard of. He looks a little bit like Brody
2: Lee. He looks like Bruiser Brody oh, in general. Yeah, a I, bit. Thought, I thought for a second I was like, "Wait, did Bruiser Brody have like a different name or no, something no. somewhere?" He's like, a lot
1: more built, like thinner than Brody. He's like, more cut. cut. Yeah, he's like,
2: wait, he looks in better shape. He looks cool. Yeah, and he's got like tattoos it's and shit all over. That he's kind of like just in this match. He's like put to the side. They like <laughs> barely even mention. Him. <laughs> he's
1: barely like, does anything, right? Yeah. And uh, Jack Victory sucks as usual. Oh my god, this guy.
2: He it's all bad, Joe. Like Jack <laughs> Victory is a piece of shit. But like he <laughs> is one of the worst things ever. Know, really. He sucks. Uh, now, their opponents entered
1: a bang your head by Quiet Riot, which right, you might know con- that song. But this
2: confused me because literally it just it, like, like fades, it right? It faded into this, and I was like, is this the same? I know. Is like, it <laughs> both White Snake? I don't know. No, like, quiet, quiet, quiet Wyatt. Quiet Wyatt. <laughs> Wild Bill Irwin.
1: Oh, my God. The goodness. Missing Link and Jeff Rates. <laughs>
2: <laughs> These are the main eventers. Like, how did Missing Link even have a job in 1987? <laughs> He's terrible. Horrible. Uh, now I do, <laughs> I do like Wild Bill
1: Aron a little bit. That's the goon. That would be that he would go on yeah, and Brian become the boon. The, Desperados one with the ice and all that or yeah. Yes. The one with ice hits. And Jeff Rates, I've never heard of. He was just a wrestler. Just a guy named
2: Jeff, just like, you know, Jim, Jim and Susan. On yeah. Susan yeah. <laughs> Office <laughs> party over yep.
1: here. Uh, Everyone stands around for like three minutes as this music plays before. Get we- used to it. <sighs> we finally get the in ring intros. <sighs> Thrilling. I love that this uh, big Western cowboy Bill Irwin is from Minnesota, by the Don't
2: way. Do- like, isn't this another one of the weird, like, you know how in like northern Canada and like like they do the Wild west in up there. Also, do they in Minnesota though? There's all these like cowboy shit. Remember well, Alberta uh, yeah. Stampede? I, I know, just always real. remember that shit. That's why Bretto is like, if you're gonna be a cowboy where I come from, you better exactly. be a real cowboy. They got cowboys up north, so but, I, they do. I, actually, I could see that in Minnesota. Maybe I, I could get I could get on board with that. If there's any uh, either
1: geographic uh, majors here or people that maybe are from Minnesota or if you've ever met a cowboy from. Minnesota, please send your cards to Ogden, Utah. Uh, meanwhile, Harold Harris is going to be our referee and thankfully this guy's got normal clothes on and yeah. not some distracting you know, clown suit. Erwin, at least, I'll give him credit, has the big handlebar mustache. He looks funny. Uh, Link wanders around the outside you know. reasons. Can we wrestle here? I don't like, know. Is there ever wrestling on this <laughs> thing? I don't like, know. What is uh, this? Fat victory and rate start here. Bill Mercer says patterwalling for some what reason. What does that even mean? I don't know.
4: And the strutting and patterwalling.
3: The word is caterwauling, with a C. And yes, there were cowboys in Minnesota. Maybe if you weren't such a New York Yankee, Taylor Ham, mafia, high taxes, smelly air, can't pump your own gas, jug handle your ass, piece of garbage, you would have known that.
1: Stalling to start so Irwin yells at the heels. This stinks! Various old ladies now clap for Jeff as we get a lockup on the ropes. Tatum makes a big scene outside about a hair pull. Bill Irwin, by
2: the way, looks like Derek Trucks from the Tedeschi Trucks band. (laughs) Don't bring them up. Please don't bring up Tedeschi Trucks on this show ever again. (laughs) Welcome to Body Slam by
1: Victory and some uh, Mike Sharp-style yelling to celebrate another yelly Body Slam by Victory. Also, can
2: I know, Victory's butt is so fucking big. like It looks weird. In his vinyl pants. I keep staring at him and I'm like, why is his ass on his back? (laughs) Like It's so huge. It's a badass. Yeah. Not in a good way. Uh, Mercer still rambling
1: on about Labor, Labor Day.
2: Labor Day, Labor Day. We got to come to <laughs> Labor Day. Uh, the sales uh, stop.
1: Just enough. Yeah. Uh, more stalling now before we get another lockup here. Shoved to the corner by Victory. Some knees. Corner whip is reversed by Rates and a nice pair of body slams. Tatum runs in, gets slammed as well. Missing. Link now joins the fun by Atomic dropping Victory out of the ring. Meanwhile, Rates slams the Grim Reaper. All the heels bail out. So much stalling. I God. know. There's so much... You know what? Let's look at the Billy Bob's menu. Let's see no, what you can get there. I,
2: yeah, it's better than
1: this, right? So you can get some um, best-made fried pickles. That's not bad for 6 bucks. Okay. Fried okra served think- with Billy Bob's house-made BBQ sauce. Do you think this menu is all the same from back then? Do just know. like the prices are higher? There's no way they had fried pickles back in 1987. That's a newer thing.
2: I don't know about that. You
1: know what looks kind of good, though? They got some good stuff. I have like Texas Philly cheese steak,
2: the Honky Tonk Club. What about the Bach beer fried onions and jalapenos? I would have them. That I sounds- would also have Funky Town Chicken. Tell me what you think. Oh wait, let me. What's that about? Funky, Funky Town Chicken. Gouda grilled okay. chicken, shredded iceberg, vine ripened tomato, <laughs> best made pickles, sweet Ta-da. onion, and so- <laughs> cilantro pesto aioli. Aioli, yeah. Wow, it looks good. I think this
1: burger here is my favorite. The Big Blue caramelized onions, crumbled gorgonzola. I know you don't like cheese, and fixins. I'll have that crumbled though on there. You like that gorgonzola? gorgonzola? That's quite fine, yeah. And they have stuff for the kiddos too. You can get Grilled cheese, chicken tenders, a hot dog, quarter pound dogs. Yeah. Quarter You get a quarter pound dog here, and you get a toasted fluffernutter. They also got fried catfish. They got salt-crusted baked potato. What about this basket here?
2: Stockyard oysters. Peppercorn gravy, BBQ, BBQ on the oysters there. Damn, that'd that'd be good. good. They got
1: some specialty beer here, like uh, Corona Extra.
2: (laughs) It's under the the, uh, Dranks.
1: Yeah, Dranks, that's what it's called.
2: (laughs) But how is Corona
1: a specialty beer? I
2: don't... (laughs) Corona! Is is that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, I, I I thought it was in the, no, it's not in the domestic beer, It's huh? a specialty, but it, it's not a specialty. The Michelob Ultra is also in there, so <laughs> yeah. let's, the Michelob Ultra Lime Cactus as One, well. That's pretty that's good. It seems specialty. <laughs> Shiner
1: Bock as well. Now, Quinn, do you know what is better than this match? The Billy Bob's menu, but yeah. I think we need to get back to the match here before people start I up wish on we us. could
2: find a Billy Bob's menu from 1988 or whatever this is. If you
1: don't think I tried,
2: then oh. you don't know me. Uh, okay. <laughs> you think
1: you know me? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the match here. So Tatum makes a. I'll give him this. He makes a hilarious face outside the ring to sell the atomic drop. He
2: seems to do this face the whole yeah, time now. It's, though. it's like this, this smush face
1: or whatever it is. I can't describe it. It was like his face was being vacuumed or something. It's yeah. a very funny face. Seems like it's
2: trademark.
1: Yeah. Uh, since everyone's dicking around, we actually see
2: a replay of what just happened because there's. That's the going like the on. only thing that happens like an <laughs> atomic drop or something. Yeah. Like it's like the only move in the whole match. The, the rest race. has just been stalling. Literally. It's insane. I this show sucks. It's horrible, and I don't like it. We're told that five minutes have gone already, literally, and well, nothing's prob- happened. I, that probably did go, actually. Yeah. This time they weren't lying because there's so much nothing. Crap.
1: Uh, Irwin's in the ring now and invites Tatum in while making limp wrist motions real classy. There Link storms, and stupidly chases Tatum all the way up to the bar or something. He returns with a chair because why not? Not even a folding chair more heel stalling outside mm. as I realize that there is still 13 minutes left in this show
2: seriously what is this what did you make me watch here? I didn't mean to oh you God. were like oh we have to do it It's well, Bo Bradley but yeah uh, oh this is the last time I get
1: lured into something just because of Bo Bradley yeah you're right it shouldn't should have shouldn't have never happened it should honestly never be in
2: your decision making no. it, it's, it's got
1: should, a Bo Bradley match he should not factor into your decisions in life yeah Tatum finally gets in struts around to a very unimpressed Bill or before going over and slapping Link, who tags in. Tatum then just calmly tags in Victory. Someone actually brought a sign, apparently, that has the missing Link on it, and it says the unpredictable missing Link. Stop. Johnny Rods would yes. ha-
2: with like a word. <laughs> Seriously, Johnny Rods would punch him in the face. Missing like sucks. I know he's terrible. Remember the Bobby story where he was like, "Oh, are you going to like get my bags at the airport?" And he <laughs> was like, like, "What the fuck? This like <laughs>
3: you know this isn't real, right?" He's like, like,
1: "I'm your manager 20 minutes a night if you go that long." Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I don't handle that your friend. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't get paid to handle your plane tickets. <laughs> Bobby's right about that. It's it's k fame. Yeah, what,
2: what an idiot. <laughs>
1: Oh. another sign so now i think these are handed out says we have linkophobia like what is going on here we're getting crowd shots because nothing is happening no? you're right like, like literally that's why yeah, they're showing them. that's why they're showing them you're right erwin locks up with victory grabs a side headlock shove off by victory line by erwin side lock takeover now by erwin because why would anything
2: happen on the show like seriously <laughs> just, just fucking headlock 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 <laughs> arm or whatever literally it's never anything good no uh, the Reaper seriously looks
1: like he belongs in wrestling now. Like literally now, if that guy was transported here, he, he would. Does. He would look perfectly looks like fucking in place. Drew McIntyre, but yeah. cooler actually with the, with the long black hair and the beard and the yeah. tats and the good physique. Like he looks way ahead of his time and very out of
2: place in this. Yeah, he's like fat and gutty. He should be in a real promotion, not this Wild <laughs> yeah. West like temp. Huh. Temp? Yeah, it's like literally they've hired a bunch of temps from WCCW, the Robert half of wrestling yeah. companies. <laughs> Victory with an eye gouge to
1: escape. Some more punches followed by a body slam. Tag the Tatum, who misses an elbow drop, gets taken down into a headlock by Irwin. We go to commercial while we're in the headlock.
2: For fuck's sakes, this feels like the worst six man tag I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm you, not yeah. kidding. Usually six men's are good. Yeah, because no one has to do that much, so they just keep. No, they decide to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No one, no one does have to do a lot, but they were like, we don't even want to cross the don't have to do a lot part. We just don't want to do anything. We're just going to lay around and stall. Yeah. That's literally all this has
1: been. We come back to Tatum punching Irwin. Link wanders in for no real reason again, which pisses off all the heels. We bake the hot tag for a little bit as Victory uses his chunky offense here. Irwin crawls for the tag, just calmly gets it. Jeff rates now in with a kick, Irish whip, but Victory with a boot. Tag to Tatum, who hits a punch and makes a really dumb face again. Mercer calls a slam onto the ropes by Tatum A flying choke because he clearly Doesn't give
2: a flying fuck What the hell is a flying choke (laughs) Nothing. Ah flying choke I don't care Uh, You got food Can I get some
1: drinks Uh, (laughs) Reaper finally in now with a shoulder block For two that's the first time he's been in He tags right back out to victory Unfortunately who lands a clothesline And
2: tags in Tatum Why is everyone doing like the same four moves (laughs) Arm lock headlock punch punch stomp like there's nothing else in this what is this WWF raw on super nintendo it's like fucking hercules's career <laughs> like, it's
1: awful tatum taunts link now before stomping on rates for a bit for the record this is really bad just reminding you tatum with a vertical suplexa but link storms in to give chase meanwhile rates continues to get fat of the round by victory in his big butt before landing a knee lift both men are down. Victory tags in Tatum, but rates can't get to his corner, so Tatum just with more crummy stumps. Quinn, I'm done with this. Yeah,
2: please end Like, we're now. still
1: fucking around with the beating down with the face. This is the point. Like, this is where I started to lose it, because Tatum's back in with more punches. It
2: fucking sucks. I know. It's horrible. None
1: of this matters. It's the worst shit. Like, folks, look, I'm usually patient. I try to give things a chance, but what the fuck is it? I don't have time for this, like, rinky-dink, walk-around-and-punch-people shit. Nothing is going on none of it matters literally none of this is good by any stretch of the imagination i know people have their holds and the wrestling it's not even that it's walk around punch 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 stop 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 missing like ah
2: just enough i hate this it's it's again one of the worst matches i've ever seen in my life it's a sight to behold really it's horrible yeah. Sunset foot by Rates,
1: but Tatum takes Victory on the way down. Rates lands a crossbody for two as Tatum makes the count, so Link runs in. Now
2: everyone's brawling. Uh, please be the finish. Please. Dad, I'm, like, begging at this point. Uh, I beg you. By the way, did we mention there's, like, some weird lady outside? Or yeah, something? who is that? Hey, I don't know. It's like, I-, I don't know if it's a woman or a man. The hair it's is... It's a lady, but she's dressed like a limo <sighs> like driver. Benatar or something, but, like, that kind of haircut. She's a heartbreaker. Yeah.
1: Uh, Rates gets tossed to the outside while Erwin and Reaper go at it. Meanwhile, Tatum and Victory double-team Link. We get a big go Go, chant, yeah! Please go, yeah, uh, please Raid's, leave. <laughs> Rate sunset flips victory into the ring for the victory. Oh, thank God! Thank you for inexplicable reasons. I guess Tatum is kind of funny. He acts like they've won, and then all the heels just leave. Yeah, everyone re- just
2: disperses. It's yeah. Like it's like the end of like a fight or yeah. something.
1: Uh, this was absolutely terrible, boring, repetitive, slow. I feel like you should be doing a Howard Cosell. Yeah, boring, repetitive slow, and
2: barely anyone can. Absolutely fucking awful. Really? Like, one of the worst match we ever reviewed. Horrible. Uh, just atrocious. Because if, if I could say, like, if I could do minus five stars, I would. Like, I understand. That we
1: don't rate matches usually here, yeah. but yeah. Now, before we sign off with this show, with, with Outlaw Mud Wrestling, whatever this is, Quinn and I, if you haven't noticed, over the last, you know, three-something years that we've been reviewing stuff, we have broadened our sensibilities. You know, we're not just like automatically like, oh, it's going to stink. Yeah. We really do try to give everything a fair chance and we look for the good. Mm-hmm. We look for things that are entertaining. We try. We really do. This sucked. Yes. So Bill Mercer signs off by hyping
2: up the Labor <laughs> of Day course again. He does. Of, of course he does. Featuring... Iceman King Parsons. Well, I immediately don't want to watch that now. <laughs> he like, stinks. Iceman King Parsons is not something you like hype the <laughs> no. next show on. No. Like, oh
1: <sighs> well, honestly, there was nothing good at all about this. This is the problem. It sucked, and I never
2: ever want to see any of it ever again. This is one of the worst pieces of shit we watched in a while. Ago. Like, how was it boring the entire time? Right. Like the in every <laughs> single match. Boring. Was worse than the next. I know. The best match was the opener. Yeah. The Bob Bradley match was okay. It just progressively, like,
1: <laughs> fell down the stairs or whatever. No promos, which is like a death sentence on a syndicated
2: right. show for Bing us. Bill Mercer n- caring about nothing but Labor Day. Literally. He did a bar- flying choke, just making up shit. <laughs> it's just like, oh, the, oh, the, the child, flying choke. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Horrible. So if you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. But
2: <laughs> I, I, if anything, just, you know, like, I know some people do seek out, like, bad matches. That, main event was just one of the worst things i've ever seen it's not even like ironically good yeah it's not like so bad that it's
1: good yeah it's not like we're stupid and we don't understand entertaining wrestling we we try folks we really try to look for the best thing about the main event was that john tatum made funny faces that's it And i'm literally not kidding the whole show there's no wrestling match yeah they walk
2: around they just Mm -hmm. they walk around yeah punch headlock walk around. I just I can't believe somebody would air that. <laughs> like, in all honesty, yeah. You're like, no, you know, this looks good. Yeah, this this seems like something we should put on TV, right? right? So yeah, overall
1: folks, horrible mm-hmm. and it stunk. But thank you guys for being with us here as we have romped you through the w- wild west world of retro wrestling yet again. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, leaving some iTunes reviews lately. We really appreciate that. If you want to yeah. keep doing that, we'd really appreciate that. Again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, if you haven't yet, that's at OVP Podcast you can email us ovppodcast at gmail.com join the Facebook group if you want some fun retro wrestling discussion and if you want some extra content you want reviews you want all that stuff patreon.com slash ovppodcast but Quinn until next week we will be back I'm Joe Murata that's Michael Quinn and we are getting the heck out of here
2: see ya
3: At Billy Bob's, we provide our guests with an unforgettable experience loaded with toe-tap music and fun. The world's largest honky-tonk offers food, dancing, shopping, games, and bull riding, along with world-class entertainment and the biggest names in music. Come see and experience Billy Bob's voted the best country nightclub in the world and dance the night away on our massive dance floors. From the lights to the sounds and the entertainment all around, We know everyone in your family is destined to have a great time. So, come on down to Billy Bob's and set your boots in motion today. Happy birthday!